What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio and lots of other things. So come along with us, won't you? Didn't stick the landing on that one. That little transition was a little, it was a half beat off. Oof. Bummed me out. Man. I've got like a, you know, the little buttony thing. So I click, 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 click. You're supposed to get better at this, Josh. And I can go like... Like that, and I just didn't. I didn't get the the finger switch. Oh, you really disappointed me. Yeah. Well, you anyway, really let me down today. <laughs> yeah. Welcome everybody to the Hamrio Crash Course podcast. Thanks so much for uh, coming again and clicking on however it is you pod. Um, I'm actually curious of that. I'm, I'm curious how. I know most people get it off of iTunes, but um, there's a little statistic that tells where people download it, and there's some apps in there I've never even heard of. Which I'm like, how did you find this app? There's there's an entire section that's probably a third of the listening audience that mm-hmm. is other. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just like a fax. Yeah. <laughs> I had a pneumatic tube installed in my house. <laughs> we just sound like Furbies. And the podcast <laughs> is injected into the room <laughs> on parchment. It's actually on a player piano. <laughs> 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 Very good. Well, Leah, how is your week uh, so far this week? It was great. I think last week we talked about how um, uh, uh, my friends and I were able to uh, push through a lantern festival. The lantern festival yes. was this evening. Yes. Today is the mid-autumn festival, which is also called the moon festival. And the moon is or- banging tonight it the lantern huge. festival yes often referred to as lantern festival if you've ever been given a moon cake yes a chinese style moon cake then uh, you kind of know what that is but the lanterns uh, for today's little event that leah set up i didn't set it up by myself you you pushed a lot of it through um i helped yeah helped i should say they had these like cardboard paper boxes and the bottom of the box was like reinforced so that it could float and they put little votives in it and kids pushed them out on the little you know man-made lake uh it was really cool it was nicely done i'm gonna drop some moon science on you oh from the flyer that i made for the to give out at the event is this actual science or is this chinese like mysticism (laughs) it's actual science. okay so why is the moon so big and orange during the mid-autumn moon festival the ozone The orange color of a moon near the horizon is a true physical effect. It stems from the fact that when you're looking towards the horizon, you're looking through a greater thickness Mm -hmm. of the Earth's atmosphere than when you gaze up overhead. The bigger than usual size of a moon seen near the horizon is something else entirely. It's a trick that your eyes are playing, an illusion called the moon illusion. Cool. Yeah. Makes sense. So that was tonight. It was a lot of fun. I got to do, I got to check all of the festival boxes. You know, we, friends and family were there. Mm-hmm. We shared a meal. Yep. This is the second largest holiday in uh, the Chinese culture. Right. The largest being Chinese New Year. Right. So this is a big deal. Actually, it's the equivalent of uh, Thanksgiving because the celebration is the end of the growing season, the end of the harvest time. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Huh checks out seasonally it checks out yeah does that mean we have like a big meal this weekend that i don't know about 
No, no, we're still in the middle of the panoramic. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's why we went to a large gathering. It's, yes. You know, so it was the first annual. And originally, mm-hmm. it was just a, a few of us talking about how we should get together for the Moon Festival. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was some like, things on fire and put it in the, in the lake. <laughs> and then it was, no, 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 that was not going to be allowed. But then <laughs> it turned into, well, why doesn't the city do this? And then we were like, well, how many people do we think are going to show up? There were like, so maybe, many people. Maybe a hundred because we're really only publicizing this a week before the event. Right. Right. And then the time came and 200 people were there even before the event started. Right. Everybody was supposed to be there at 630. Right. How many lanterns did you have? Uh, 200. And they they were were gone gone by 640. (laughs) Yeah, they were they were gone yes. <laughs> super fast. And then uh, the crowd probably at least doubled. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, for sure I know that it doubled because I had like 130 mooncakes to give out and then probably another 200, um, 200 uh, fortune cookies, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm not really a big fan of giving away fortune cookies for Chinese events, but whatever. <laughs> the most <laughs> but, traditional of Chinese <laughs> confections. And those were gone by about six fifty. Wow! Yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. So. And there were still that? people coming up, very upset. And yeah, we were like we didn't Where's my know. I'm like, well, uh, it's in the water right now. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people stay on the move, stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. Now, this to me is very important Mm -hmm. because I really want to put you in dad mode when we go to the airport. (laughs) I know. Once I guess we start traveling again. Yeah. Because we've done all of like four or five air travels with the family. Yeah. Because total. what is ideal is when we haul the family to like maybe Dayton for Hamvention or something. Hopefully next year. Yeah. <laughs> is that you're going to, we're going to latch everything onto you. Right. Just and kids. And you will have to Sherpa everything. Just kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have them strapped to the bag with the patented hooking latch hookup system. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> It's the new baby wearing, but they're not babies. <laughs> Mom, was it moms mostly wore the babies. Now it's dad's turn to wear the kids. Exactly. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10 or go to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on and get going. All right. Well, thank you, DB. That's a good, that's a good tagline for the end of the panoramic. It's time to... It's, time, it's just time to get out of your house. Yeah. Just, it's time to move on and get just, going. Just get. get out. Get. Just get. <laughs> well, again, thanks, everybody, for uh, clicking on that Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. We like to kick off the show with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today's minute is Chase Poda and Soda to help for learning CW. Ooh. And again, for anybody who's kind of new to Ham Radio, Soda and Poda is parks on the air and summits on the air. 
We're a very creative group. We like to tag on the air to anything that we activate a radio from. So there is islands on the air, lighthouses on the air, caves on the air is a new thing. What? Yeah, yeah, that's a new thing. Um, so on the air, whatever it is can become a thing if I you feel... just commit hard enough. I... <sighs> Walmart parking lots on the air is a thing. Wamloda. Wamploda. Wamploda. Mm. Okay. Um, you know what? Before we go down this road. Mm-hmm. Or down the well or the cave, as it were. I I just feel like maybe you haven't been watching enough Gabby Petito coverage. <laughs> Did they... F- was it a cave? No, they found her, though. And in places that you would Oda. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Well, that's not good. Well, it's, thanks it's for tragic. Thanks yeah. for taking the wind out of my, yeah. my mm-hmm. ham radio minute sales here. Minute's over. <laughs> <laughs> so Poda and Soda are just, you know, they're events where people go out to a park or they go to a summit. And if you want to know more information on that, I've spent a lot of time talking about uh, summits on the air more than parks on the air. But I think uh, once you kind of get the idea of parks on the air and summits on the air, they kind of are complementary to a degree. But obviously right. with summits on the air, you've got to be on the summit but a park is could be ground level or on a summit correct you know? in, yeah. in fact there are summits that are within a park space so, so you they could do, do both. both that's right so when they're when the individuals go out to do parks in the air summits on the air they're the activator and everybody who's trying to make a contact with them is a chaser well a lot of people that do parks on the air and summits on the air are morse code only or they do morse code they splash it in to whatever it is they're activating what's great about these events is that the exchange in Morse code is pretty simple to figure out because if you go to the websites, they're called the spotting websites. So if you go to uh, parks on the air spots or summits on the air spots, Mm -hmm. you'll see a list of all the people that are currently activating. And with parks on the air in particular, you'll see like the last individual that worked that contact. So you get a pretty good idea that they're actually out there making contact. So great. So you tune to their frequency. Again, this is for Morse code. You turn to their frequency and you start listening and you'll hear the individual whose call sign is listed on the spots website in Morse code. So you can quickly figure out, oh, that's him. And then you hear them working or her and then you hear them working contacts and you'll quickly understand. They'll say like, you know, RR, Roger, Roger, uh, you're, uh, you are, you are. Why RR? Uh, to copy that the they they copied the call sign or okay. you know whatever. This is just an example. Not everybody has this. No, I'm going to take format. this as the Bible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then they'll come back with like a three number exchange. So the best exchange you could get is a five nine nine, which is usually expressed as five, the letter N, the letter N, mm. which an N is just a dot dit versus a nine, which is da 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 dit. Oh. So it's much easier to just reduce it. So it's five N N and then, you know, thank you. Which is T U. So then you reply back with <coughs> R R and then you can give the exchange and say, Thank you, seventy three. Something like that. Dan Brown needs to make a book. About Morse code? Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying What would it be called, Leah? <laughs> would it be called the Morse Code? <laughs> so on the nose yeah it's a little too on the nose mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the morse cipher uh the morse cryptics cryptics mm. is a big part at the end of uh the da vinci code okay or the cryptics he's got to solve the cryptics yeah yeah at the end but it's in morse code and he throws it the to the bad guy in morse code. and the liquid breaks and he's like no the map 
<laughs> but but Tom Hanks, I mean, the main character, had already removed the map from the yes. cryptic from behind his back. I have watched the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, big spoilers, by the way, for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> big uh, Da Vinci Code spoilers here. Uh, anyway, it's if you start doing this more consistently, you'll you'll pick up the exchange pretty quickly, and and you'll fig- you'll get a good idea of what's happening. And once you start kind of sussing out what the exchange is like, other things will become easier. But it's also a really good idea or really good practical way to get experience with Morse code. But hear me so, out. Yes. So in this Dan Brown story, mm-hmm. hams are basically like Freemasons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Continue. Yeah. 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 And uh, and there's obviously a, a very ancient ham club, mm-hmm. right? That that has a clubhouse, mm-hmm. as they do. That has a circle in it. <laughs> okay. Right. And there's got to be some combination of walking through this circle that will unlock a hidden door mm-hmm. to some catacombs. Obviously, not the ham shack. <laughs> right. No, it takes you to the catacombs where you can do caves on the air. Oh, <laughs> and there it is. You brought it back full circle. You're welcome. That was the, uh, that was a, that was a long way to get to the callback. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. <coughs> but you got there. So thank, thank you. you very much for that. Okay. So what we're drinking, <laughs> uh, nothing that great, uh, to be honest, we're, we're back at it. We're back at it again with the Mount Gay. <laughs> but hear me out. I made a lot of butter beer. <laughs> yeah. And you had a lot. Well, you made a you made a considerable amount of butter beer, but you bought way too much things to make butter beer for Ben's birthday. I really overestimated how much children would like butter beer. <laughs> yes, you did. So with all this cream soda, we're mixing it with the rum. Obviously, it's pretty I'm, good. I'm not entirely sure that butter beer doesn't already have rum in it, but yeah. <laughs> So this is a, a butterbeer light, I guess you could say. Yeah. I can't taste the rum at all. This literally just tastes like me drinking a complex cream soda. This literally tastes like me drinking alcohol that just put baking soda in it. <laughs> you can't even taste it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> well, very good. Uh, join the conversation by leaving us a review on iTunes for the Hammer New Crash Course podcast or emailing us at layathamtactical.com. And by the way... Wherever you podcast, I know you guys are using different apps and all that fun stuff. If you leave us a review over there, it does help us out a lot because it kind of just all propagates the uh, the entire system. But if you drop <laughs> propagate, propagate like that. Uh, but if you drop us a review on iTunes, we'll read it on the show. Considering that we started recording a little early uh, this week because this is a, a two day uh, episode, I don't have any reviews to read. So if I do check back when we continue the next day and we get a review we may get a go back there so all right thanks everybody for reviewing and if you leave us an email at lay at hamtactical.com send us your comments your feedback or questions ham radio questions always preferred because this is the hammer to crash course podcast but also if you if you give us a merch idea for hamtactical.com which is our merch store and we like the idea and we make a merch we'll give you one for free okay so leah what have you been using this week Okay, so one of the things that has really floored me at how simple they are to use Mm -hmm. is these raised garden bed blocks. They are cinder blocks. Like the cinder blocks in the back? Yes. they are Cinder Cinder block is is the wrong term. They're like a notched out cube. Yes. Okay. That is wide enough. The notches basically hold the planks in place. They hold like a two by four or two by six. 
Yeah. It's a two inch wide notch and they've got a hole in the middle that is slightly bigger than the diameter for rebar. Talk about a no brainer way to build raised garden beds. They are fantastic. And then if you add a a cap to it, like a, a wider uh, piece of wood so that it creates a ledge, mm-hmm. they look so finished. Yeah. The only the only tip that I'd give is try and do some leveling. Yeah, I didn't. It's fine. It kind of does sort itself out over time. Yeah. Like it will level itself a bit. But mm-hmm. if you do take a little bit of extra time and do that, because you probably also might want to lay down plastic or some kind of barrier so that bugs don't get into the wood. Yeah, I have done that. Because That's eventually true. that will happen. You'll start getting you know, termites and stuff will get into the wood and chew it up because unless you use like pressure treated wood, then that's more resistant. But pressure treated wood doesn't red, look great. Red wood, I think. Red wood or cedar. Those are resistant to bugs, but uh, still eventually over time, they'll they'll start getting in there. Well, that is a disappointing thing that you're telling me right now. Well, it's just, you know, wood. If you leave it out, it's going to, it's going to be wood. So I threw one together in like 10 minutes, I think. <laughs> After I made all the cuts that you wanted. Yeah, you threw it right together. The cuts took you five minutes. Okay, so the cuts plus 10 minutes. 15 minutes. They took more than than 15 minutes. No, you were doing it while you were headed out the door. You were like, boom, 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 boom. But I had to go get the tool, grab the battery, find the stuff, get all the things together. Your life is so hard. I I just made it look easy. But there was a lot of mise de place required to make mise that. Mise en place. Mise en place yes. to, make that, to make that work the way it did. So anyways, now the one that I threw together is a pumpkin patch. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I just put pumpkin seeds in the ground, watered them. Now they've got all these blooms. I'm hoping to have pumpkins by Halloween. I'm pretty sure that every bloom is a pumpkin. Uh, it has to be, um, well, some are male flowers, some are female flowers. Oh, that makes sense. And then they have to be pollinated. Have you done that? Have you gone around with like a stick? No, I just planted a lot of milkweed in addition to the pollen. Oh, to bring the bees? No, to bring the butterflies. And they are going to pollinate it? Yeah. Nice. Mm. That's the idea. I okay. don't know if it's going to work out. I haven't seen any butterflies. I have. Okay. Very good. Well, for me, I have been using the heck out of my rig expert analyzer. I did a little short on Ham Nation last week, and I've been using that thing like crazy, just going through different stuff. Obviously, there's going to be a video that may be up by the time this video or this podcast goes live, but ended up doing a bit of a Smith chart deep dive with Sterling. What's a Smith chart? A Smith chart is a big circle that has smaller circles inside and then arcing lines. And it's used to tell a whole number of things with either an antenna or you you can use it on many different RF devices. This is exactly what Dan Brown wants to hear. Oh, yeah. It's actually very (laughs) cryptic looking, too. It looks like it's complicated. And it is complicated. Now I'm I'm convinced that hams truly are Freemasons. (laughs) it'll, It'll tell you things like the impedance of your antenna or your feed line. It'll tell you what um, the inductances mm-hmm. of an inductor or the capacitance. Hams actually hold the secret to the golden ratio. I don't know that it tells you. Well, <laughs> oddly enough, um, the inductance will sometimes show up looking like the golden ratio this as, is it, what I'm as saying. it goes around the screen. This that's, is where we're at. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So Dan uh, Brown listens to our podcast. Oh, no, well... <laughs> 
<laughs> we better be getting email, some kickbacks. <laughs> email campaign to Dan Brown. <laughs> Let's lay at Let him know. Uh, yeah, so it's it. They have a software that goes along with it. It's called AntScope, and AntScope is running on your computer. Most of the analyzers that Rig Expert makes has a USB cable that will plug in. You can connect it to your computer, and then you can run all of these scopes or you know uh, SWRs. All these things. <laughs> you still haven't fixed that. I see. I like it. I don't like it when we <laughs> podcast. Uh, and so it'll give you a Smith chart readout, which is really handy in this case, or a SWR readout, the whole nine yards. So it's, it's pretty cool. The, the rig expert, again, ant scope software, which you can get off of their website. I believe it is available for windows, Mac and Linux. So you can get all the things uh, right there, which is pretty nice. So very good. Leia, tell us about the preparedness corner. What do you have us for us this week? Oh, I have a fun one. Oh, okay. It's one of these where we're going to go through somebody's blog post. And this one is, this is the, from the Preparedness prepared Advice. No, it's a different prepared. There's lots of preparedness blogs. I, I'm sure there are. Yeah. This one is called Six Habits of Highly Effective Preppers. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, if if you don't know this about me, I am a big fan of productivity books. <laughs> I, yes, you are. I really and audiobooks. Yes, and one of the first productivity books that I read was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Okay. So whenever I see something <laughs> that says something habits of highly effective some things yeah. i'm like i'm in i'm not even one of those things <laughs> but i want to know <laughs> highly effective crocheters yes <laughs> this is how you make as many animaguries in one in one step day one, as possible start crocheting step two don't stop crocheting <laughs> So we're going to go through his list. Number okay. one is be proactive as a prepper. Okay. None, none of us have all the time in the world to get prepped. Even folks on vacation have to be concerned about sudden emergencies. Even small emergencies catch most people unaware and even fewer people are ready for truly big crises that life have to offer. Okay. So the first one is come to the realization that you should be prepared. And then you do something. Think about, about it. it. Right. Two okay. is begin with the end in mind. Now, this is like good advice for life. Okay. Literally begin with the end in mind. Okay. Figure out where you want to be mm -hmm. or what you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And then build your plan off of that. This is not something that you're a fan of because you were like, this is a good idea. I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You are a brute force productivity person. <laughs> <laughs> Again, go back to my two steps of crocheting. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, check out my crochet blog. It is the crochet frog. Yeah. <laughs> the prepared crocheting frog. <laughs> so the blog says, what do you want your family and home to look like following a major catastrophe? Personally, me, mm -hmm. I want it to be untouched. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Not destroyed by the tornado. Right. <laughs> Not underwater and a flood. Right. 
Barring not torn in half from an earthquake. <laughs> yes. I don't want my washing machine having been picked up and taken somewhere else. <laughs> right. By weather. Right. <laughs> you know, that's just me. Yeah. Hey, I, that 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 is an end in mind. <laughs> yeah. Start. The blog says, do you want to have enough food, water, medicine, and supplies to last at least six months, a year? Do you want to have cash, gold, silver, cash in case of a banking collapse? Do you want to be strong, healthy, and fit, able to do plenty of physical labor and take care of the family? Mm -hmm. Do you want your home to be one of the neighborhoods that survives because it's surrounded by sandbags that protect it from flood water? All good questions. Right. And that also is factoring in a bit of, I mean, he mentions flood water. So that's a consideration of what disasters you may be experiencing, which would be more common in your area, yeah. potentially. Yeah. So that, again, what have we always said? Be realistic with where you live. Yeah. Do you live in a flood zone? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you, do you live in an area that gets weather that creates floods? Mm-hmm. Right. All things to consider. So there, there's a list of questions that the preparedness advice blog uh, ask mm-hmm. who will be with you how will you all arrive at that destination how will you make sure that your survival situation is secure what will you have in terms of gear and supplies how will tasks be delegated what will a typical day and night be for the duration of the scenario answer those questions and you'll have a clear picture of what you want to prepare for. Yeah. This is one of those things you might want to write down on a piece of paper. Yeah. And I will put the... Or I guess um, you could use a document. A, a link digital to Digital document. Yeah. In the show notes. Sure, absolutely. Uh, but one of the interesting things is the question of how will tasks be delegated? It, you kind of need to build a dream team, right? Mm-hmm. We used to have at least one person around us that was like, in case of emergency booking it to that guy <laughs> right 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 and that's our good friend dave who mm-hmm. I, I think i'm pretty sure he had a well on his property it was just right and it was in a in hidden, the suburbs yeah well no it was in a hidden neighborhood that you wouldn't know was there mm-hmm. unless you lived around that area and it was gated mm-hmm. and there were chickens and horses and various livestock in the community and that's, they all knew how to fight that's true <laughs> they also they knew how to work chance. on cars yeah they like multiple people in that mm-hmm. neighborhood would fix up old cars mm-hmm. so they really know how it was basically an orwell book yeah <laughs> he is no longer living there and i'm not booking it to two hours away to, <laughs> in an emergency okay okay Though he does have a lot of land. He does have a okay, lot of land. Okay, you know, I'm going to roll that back. But I definitely would want my mom in an emergency. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a part of my dream, team. You've already survived a catastrophe in which you had multiples? to live yeah, on a beach with nothing. You have some skills, my friend. <laughs> with nothing, I think, is the key yeah, word. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about, like, how can we make life more comfortable? Like, I had a pocket knife. Have you ever thought about who you would hide from if it, like if an emergency went down? Like, oh yeah, not that guy. <laughs> like let's let's pretend we're not here anymore. <laughs> like who would show up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you just have to be, oh no, not here. <laughs> well, we died. <laughs> just don't now that we're talking, don't be that guy. Right? 
Yeah. Okay. Don't be the guy that no one wants in their preparedness. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Number three is put first things first. Have the goal. Have the end in mind. But also put Put, first. Put the first things first. The basics of survival are water, food, shelter, and warmth. Wherever you live right now is where you must begin. Okay. That off-grid survival retreat may or may not become a reality. So don't put off becoming as pre- prepared as possible right where you are today. Cover the basics first. Okay. That's also yeah. good advice. Yeah. Effective preppers think win-win is number four. Too often, survival-minded people circle the wagons and include only their immediate family and maybe their very closest friends. But history has shown repeatedly that it's groups of people who do best when it comes to survival. Neighborhoods and towns who band together following a tornado, for example, mm-hmm. recover more quickly than someone trying to defend, uh, trying to do everything on his or her own. Uh, this is, yes, this is very And true. this definitely circles back to, we have many times said, you know, get involved with your community. Right. Like maybe your neighbors are jerks, but there are also other neighborhoods in your city. <laughs> that Hopefully. may not unless be you're jerks. like unless you're like super remote right and there's only so many neighbors but i would argue right. in that case it would be it would be nice you're to all, make nice. you're probably already friends yeah. honestly yeah, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. probably not like dealing with some real hardcore people but maybe you are i don't know but regardless you might want to put in the effort to at least come across to they may be jerks but that you come across as not a jerk this is also where local ham clubs come in handy oh yeah because i feel like if you go to a ham club you're already likely meeting a group of like-minded people mm-hmm. when it comes to self-reliance and preparedness. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. Five, first seek to understand and then be understood. Not everybody has the same level of concern for survival as you. Okay. Some relatives and friends may even seem hostile when you mention food shortage and being prepared for emergencies. Normalcy bias is a default setting for nearly everybody, and since our brains are already wired for that response, it's no wonder that so many people cringe when prepping is mentioned. I am actually hopping around on this. I'm skipping portions, so if you want okay. to read more, please go to the oh, link. I actually call. think this is a, a very good article, not not like the ones that Josh has mocked in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Just some of that stuff was wild. Uh, I do like the normalcy bias, the comment on that. And and you'll find that a lot. I hope that that is, particularly in the day we live now, less of a thing. I think I think everybody's kind of woken up a bit on that. Oh, you mean that pandemics are real? Well, yeah, but I mean... Supply consider, shortages can happen? I'm not trying to play light of what we're going through in any way, but this is a relatively light one. Right. It's still horrible that people are dying. Right. But this could be much worse. And we already saw in the beginning of this, like how people reacted wild with with things that we thought was like, that's the thing that we're we're going to sell the store out of. Like, okay, you know what I mean? Like Mm. you can you can just apply that to a worse scenario where everything becomes scarce. Right. Mm. Which doesn't seem that hard to to wrap your mind around there's i think there's gonna be real shortage on yarns that's gonna upset some crocheters for yeah. sure mm-hmm. my blog is gonna be threatened yes <laughs> crochet prepared 
frog is what you mm-hmm. okay prepared crocheting okay frog all right got it uh the last habit of highly effective preppers is six sharpen the saw it takes Literally. far more effort to cut down a tree with a dull saw than a sharp one. You'll be able to set clearer goals, stay focused, and accomplish more when you take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Always remember that you're a pivotal factor in the survival of your loved ones. When you don't take care of yourself, they become more vulnerable. Who will protect them if you can't or are untrained or unfit to do so? That is a very good point. Yeah. I know I noticed that he didn't say like Usually sharpen the saw refers to build up your skills. Mm-hmm. But in this case he's talking about sharpening your, your body. Your body and yeah. your mind, right? Yeah. I, I I think that that's actually really it's a really good point that no one in the preparedness community really wants to hear. I don't think that's true. Not not nobody, but a lot of people don't want to hear that. They want to hear what water filter do I buy? What ham radio do I buy? What gun do I buy? And how many uh, buckets of freeze-dried food do I buy? And they just want somebody to tell them so they can go and buy it and put their mind at ease. But that's not what he's saying here at all. He's saying like, no, you, you need to bring, you need to prepare yourself, which by the way, pays dividends on just your regular life. That's true. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I can have a rotating can system and great. I've got cans that I like and I'll eat them and I can rotate through them. But having a good uh, level of fitness and mental health is probably also very valuable for your everyday life. Yeah. I mean, I guess what you should work towards is what? Moving a 55 gallon drum of water. That's (laughs) moving it where? Like just moving it anywhere, like (laughs) moving it. Do you know how heavy that is? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's incredibly heavy. Yes. Like with a hand truck, I can move one around. Yeah. And I can like roll one, you know, like get it moving onto a how hand truck. How heavy is a 55-gallon drum of water? A, a very heavy, Leia. Yeah. Oh, that's not a good benchmark then. <laughs> I, I have good, to look this up. What are you? <laughs> what's a good benchmark of what you need to be able to lift? Like a human. Right, like you should be able to lift a human adult. Um, a 55-gallon drum of water <laughs> is 484 pounds. Okay, take it back. Leah, um, you you know, training starts tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't say lift, I said move. Again, training starts tomorrow. I mean, you could you know kind of tilty it? Is? Tilty it? <laughs> Again, let's, yeah, let, let's, let's check it out. We're gonna, okay. <laughs> we're gonna Dave Brule. Uh, let's check it out. I'm, I'm excited about this now. <laughs> Jeez. Tune and in, I like that the, the picture is just this, like just filthy have... looking barrel. That's like the stock <laughs> picture they have of it. Just a horrible dejected oil drum is the 55 gallon water barrel. Tune in next week to see how I hurt myself with a 55 gallon water drum. <laughs> I tore right. everything. <laughs> I am now in a full body cast. <laughs> it's a good thing I can still talk so I can continue doing this podcast. <laughs> Was that it? Well, way to end on a high note on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go find some super uh, hero serum <laughs> to begin my training. Got to contact Tony Stark's dad 
he's dead. So that's you got to get some PIM particles. <laughs> yeah, gotta, that's right. And go back in time. Yes. Uh, that's the first thing you do. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I love it. Because uh, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't think you've ever even attempted to nudge a 55-gallon jar <laughs> of water. I have. Did you nudge it? I did. And I figure if I get strong enough, I could nudge it to where I need it to go. <laughs> You just got to get it like tilted enough and then roll it. <laughs> you, know? you are not going to be able to hold 458 pounds of water up at an angle to, and then I'm not even worried about the rolling it. I'm just talking about you holding it up. That's like doing a deadlift of 458 pounds. It's not a 400 and. 58 pounds though it's not a deadlift uh, uh, that's it. true there is one point of connection yeah so how much do you think that would be Leah? like a third of the weight <laughs> a third yeah it has one point connection to the ground yeah and most of it is aloft in your arms I didn't say how far I was going to nudge it. Just enough to. You you actually are talking about hurting yourself. Right yeah. Now. You, you are. We are. We are. We are walking directly into a territory where you will hurt yourself. How did she die? <laughs> Podcast. Podcast killed her. Well, all right. <laughs> you know what that means. Maybe I won't see you next week. <laughs> it's time. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to Leia's Email Correspondence Tower. And again, email us at leia at hamtactical.com with your comments on the podcast, ham radio questions, or your merch ideas. And I'll give a second reminder. Go ahead and drop us a review wherever you podcast, too. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. This first email is titled, Drink Recipe. I'm already excited. Okay. And this is from Brian. Leia, lead email tower correspondent Brian here with a cocktail recipe for you guys to enjoy during a future podcast. Now, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about TV for a second. Okay. You want to stop or no? I'm, I'm a break or a tangent. It's going to be a tangent. Okay, <laughs> here we go, guys. I don't recommend a lot of TV shows because I'm fully aware that I don't pay attention to TV shows that I watch. Mm -hmm. They're usually on in the background, mm -hmm. so they've got to be a low level of complexity so that when I look up, I still kind of know what's happening. You do things while you watch TV. Yeah, it is actually right. hard to tear you away from the thing you're doing to watch something on TV. Yes. Like I've literally had to rewind something back three or four times <laughs> because you go, yeah, I'm watching. And then immediately look back down immediately. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even look up and you say, I'm watching. It's like a teenager. But Apple TV is killing it in the programming department. You've watched two shows that are killing it. Yes. <laughs> that is all I need. There are two shows. But one of the reasons I bring this up because Brian referred to himself as a correspondent, which indeed he is. Mm -hmm. And there is a show on Apple TV mm -hmm. and it stars 
Jennifer Aniston, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carroll, and then I think Martin Short is, in, it, is in it. Steve Carroll or Steve Carell? Steve Carell, I guess. Okay. And it's, Hey, guys, I'm Steve Carroll. It's <laughs> Throw my El Camino here. It's called The Morning Show. Uh-huh. And it is the the first season seems to be based around loosely around probably what happened when Matt Lauer went down oh. during the Me Too movement. Okay, right. So this is this is prime ham radio. Yeah. Oh no, no, Television. not ham radio related at all. But then the other show that I really like that has been mentioned before <laughs> on the HRCC podcast channel on the Discord, and I talked about it a lot on the after chat last Friday. Or Ted last Lasso, so good. Is there a more feel good, leave you inspired and happy show? You you said you're like, I. It makes me want to be a, a more positive person. Yes, and that's like, I think. A television show that makes you consider being a better human being should I consider is crazy. optimism? Should I? That's, is that's, that was that the missing? Was that how I sh- how I finished sharpening the saw? I, I I just needed to believe and have hope. That's, what? <laughs> Uh, okay, so I can only comment on Ted Lasso, and as someone who does not watch sports anything. I had, no, and, and soccer, football, no connection other than I played right. it when I was a kid. We literally call sports in our house sports ball. Yeah, like <laughs> we don't do any of that. I mean, we'll play, you know, I, I grew up playing sports. I have no problem with participating in a sport. Yeah. But watching it as a a follower of sports, I do not do. Right, right. You it's, did in college, but not, yeah. not since then, yeah. Yeah. So Ted Lasso, A plus, mm-hmm. uh, the morning show, not exactly a feel good show, <laughs> and not for everybody. But Ted Lasso is. Yeah, H- highly recommend, guys. Report back, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, Brian continues with a, a drink recipe. It's called black pepper and fig, old fashioned. Oh, you've got Leia already. That's so many things that She's I. She's like. already on board. There is this really good recipe for chicken wings that you would not think makes any sense, but it is Is salt and pepper, but as much pepper as you can bear to put on chicken wings, and then you just broil them, right? You you cook them on, well, okay, maybe not broil, but like you cook them 400, 450 until they're done. That's a high bake, yeah. Yeah, but... uh, Chicken wings are small enough that they cook through pretty fast. Mm -hmm. But man, black pepper, magic ingredient in wings. Who knew? Yeah. (laughs) What a surprise. Yeah. Okay, so this recipe includes two shots of Maker's Mark bourbon, two-third-ish shot of fig syrup, that's Liber & Co. It's available on Amazon. Two dashes of bitters, cracked black pepper, and a dried fig cut in half. Now... Brian, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but inside a Every lot of fig. figs, no, a lot of fig species is a dead wasp. So I thought all figs to become a fig must no. have a, a wasp that is. There are some species that are waspless. Yeah. Hmm. I know that's disappointing to you. You're, the joy of uh, eating into a wasp mm-hmm. that has been absorbed. I just call them wasp newtons. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, this is a black pepper. That's a thing that died out. Fig and wasp. Do you remember? Fashion. Wa- do you remember wasp Do you remember fig newtons? Kids still like that. Is that still a thing? Mm, I think they're called nature bars now. Nature bars are just the oat. No, that's a Nature Valley bar. Oh, nature- but I mean like Fig Newtons, like the the brand, the thing. Is it gone? No, it still exists. Man, I used to eat a ton of those as a kid, like a ton. Because we were tricked into believing it was a healthier cookie. Oh no, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I don't know who tricked my mom, but she kept buying them, and oh man. It's got fruit inside. She was the same with raisins. Raisins are like <laughs> it's nature's candy. Yeah, because it's literally all sugar. <laughs> Our kids hate raisins. I know. <laughs> I think uh, there was a while for school lunches where I would just leave the raisins in there <laughs> and see how long it, it would was. It was the same raisin, the same box. <laughs> That's messed up. I think it was a month. And then one day I opened up the lunchbox and it was no longer in there. I was like, oh, did you eat the raisins? No, I threw them away. They're a month old. <laughs> that's what the kid, that's what Ben said? <laughs> I don't think they figured out the whole thing with the kazoo type device you can make out of the box. Oh, man. That's like the best. Talk <laughs> I, about I, how to annoy a teacher real fast. I don't know the kazoo trick, so you please just, don't teach that to our children. It, you get the smaller ones, particularly okay. the smaller ones mm-hmm. easier. And you uh, open it, and then you tear off the flaps on the top that you opened, and then you put it in your mouth and blow. Wow. And there's the uh, correct amount of air passing through it that the bottom flap will act like a reed. Huh. And it makes this noise. It's, it's really good. Wow. Yep. I know what I'm getting for Halloween candy this year. <laughs> everybody, can, everybody in the neighborhood can thank Josh <laughs> for their complimentary kazoo. Right. And then after they come back in their frustration to egg our house, you can stand in the front with a net and try and catch the eggs. And then it's free egg night. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) All right. So you combine all the ingredients in a martini shaker with ice and stir. Strain into a Collins glass, garnish with the dried fig from the shaker, and enjoy neat or on the rocks. Personally, I like it with ice from one of the ice ball molds. You can adjust fig syrup to taste. I go for a little bit less than two-thirds shot. I also like to give the dried fig a gentle smash before I toss it in the shaker. Enjoy. I like to shove additional wasps into my fig. (laughs) I leave the wasp nest in front of my house for just this reason. (laughs) We are truly farm to table here. Yeah, that's right. These are organic wasps. (laughs) And they're very bitey. (laughs) Have you seen the video of the guy who just just grabs an entire wasp nest, like a big one, full of wasps, and just shoves it in his mouth? (laughs) That guy. Really likes fake. Big maniac. (laughs) Yes. Number one fig fan. <laughs> and that's Brian N2 SNF. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> I also wanted to mention that I went to Home Depot the other day with my mom, and for some reason, we decided it was time to look at refrigerators. Neither of us needs one, but we looked anyway. <laughs> You're talking about you now? Yeah. Oh. My mom and I <laughs> went to Home Depot and went down the refrigerator aisle. <laughs> And there are now refrigerators that will 
pump out the ice balls. What? Yes, it's one of the options. It's ice cubes, <laughs> crushed ice, or it's ice ball. It's called the alcoholic <laughs> custom. I was floored, okay? Have you seen the the one where you knock on the door and the whole door becomes translucent? No. Yeah. Why you need to do that, I don't know, <laughs> but okay. There's also a component to that ice ball refrigerator. Some of the components are wood. They're made of wood. <laughs> like the sh- So when you open it up, it looks very bespoke, right? <laughs> it's a, <it's> a hand-hued <laughs> refrigerator? And then there's a little shelf that has a pan, like a tray type thing that pulls out of it. Sure. That's nonstick. And I was like, why does it have to be nonstick? What are you putting in here? And it is for that prep tray that has its own little slidey shelf Mm -hmm. to go from your refrigerator directly to your oven. Like you just put it into the oven? So it's a baking sheet? It's like a, it's a pan, kind of, you know. Like a baking sheet. uh, Deeper than a baking sheet. Like a casserole. No shallower than a casserole. (laughs) But goes directly to your oven. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. I I will move on. (laughs) (laughs) That's the code. (laughs) All right. So the next email is a continuation of a past email. Uh, that's titled The Real Way to Study for Ham Radio. And this is from Obi. Okay. Just heard your response to my email here on this beautiful Friday midnight. I just sat down in the garage listening to 40 and 2 meter and just cracked a Coors Banquet White Claw Blueberry and a Captain and Ginger. Like you cracked them all at once, Obi? Okay. (laughs) I like to multitask in all aspects of life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's like, check out my new refrigerator. The ice balls come out of it. Yeah. (laughs) So just uh, just a reminder for everybody who may have forgotten or didn't listen to the last podcast. Obi is the, uh, the correspondent who wrote in and was able to power through the test he mm-hmm. started on thursday took the ham study test over and over until saturday mm-hmm. in which he took the test and passed mm-hmm. and then he did it again with general and extra Nicely so he done. was giving hot tips on how to really crash course mm-hmm. right or cram course as it were yeah So Obi says, let me expand on my crash course strategy. There was no studying. I don't have time for that. Wait a minute. I thought he was studying constantly. I watch my three kids from about 5.30 or 6 a.m. to 2.30. School just started, so down to one while my wife works. Then when she gets off at 2.30 p.m., I go to work until 11 p.m., come home, hit the treadmill, shower, then read, wake up, repeat. So there isn't much time for study. So I just took the practical exams over and over and over. Essentially, my plan was just to memorize all the answer, learn later. I take these when my crazy, wild, slightly annoying kids were sleeping or in rare occasions napping or during my breaks at work. I, what? This wasn't even studying straight through. 
Obi wasn't even saying. He, he just brute force practice he, test? He was lifing. And then there were breaks in yeah. which he was taking the practice test. I, I would argue that most people just take practice tests and pass the test. But he did it in a day. Thursday to Friday or Thursday to Saturday. Okay. Um, so I would venture a guess that Obi got a little lucky in, in that mm. he got questions that he's already seen and may have had a, a bit of good retention on. All the way to extra? It sounded like he he had a couple of days before extra. Uh, for extra... Um, he took practical tests from Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. And then he took general. That is that pretty Saturday, ambitious. And then extra the same day and passed. That's pretty ambitious. I'm going to go with Obi has a photographic memory. <laughs> okay. The real way Let to me... study is have a photographic memory. Got it. Yes. Well, Obi says, I didn't actually expect to learn anything by doing the process this way, ultra crammy, but I actually did. The explain why button on the practical oh, exams yeah. after a missed question on ham study app really do help. I'd scan the explanation and move on repeat. Well, okay, he didn't just take practice tests then. He is taking the extra information along with that. Plus just seeing the wrong and correct answer sometimes is explanation enough. Yeah. This Sometimes. probably isn't the most effective way to learn, but it is the most effective way to easily pass. If you have a decent memory, it's essentially an <laughs> open book, quote, uh, mind answer key. Takeaways, technician, extra were by far the easiest crams. General was at least twice as hard. General was harder than extra? Yes. I don't, be I don't believe I know this method isn't the best way, but mm -hmm. it is really effective if you have any kind of memory. I was going to say, you, you have an above average memory. I would say that up front. And maybe yes. the way your brain works, the way the general questions, because the general questions go. Huh. I'm just going to give Obi big cred. So th I mean, there's, there's a lot of things in extra that are just kind of like they're that way because they're that way. And you kind of have to learn about the background and you could spend like a lot of time like NAND and NOR gates and stuff like that, that, that really comes out in, um, in extra. And that's really something that there is a description of how they work and there is a greater understanding you can take, but it's kind of something that you also have to, if you're not familiar with kind of have to either spend time researching or just remember it okay. because it's NOR and not NAND or whatever. Okay. And some of the, uh, some of the, uh, components too. Now or Obi's circuits, going circuits. to defend himself on Butterfingers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, well, unless he's trying to make some outlandish comment like it's top tier candy. Well, that's, Obi did say that your favorite candies suck. Mm -hmm. And why don't you expand your palate with a delicious Butterfinger in which you said that is the candy that gets stuck in your teeth. <laughs> it's still good. Yeah. Particularly if, like, you know how sometimes um, if you're ever involved in a crime and you bite somebody really hard, they can use your dental impressions oh, to figure out who right. you are. But if you coat your entire teeth with a Butterfinger oh. before you commit crime, mm. uh, they'll never find you. Wow. Will it also throw off DNA evidence? Maybe. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> 
So Obi says, secondly, let me expand on the Butterfinger reasoning. Let's be honest. Candy and sugar in general is just awful for you. We should all try to stay away. Butterfinger is the most logical and delicious answer to this problem. Firstly, yes, it does get stuck in your teeth, as Josh pointed out in in the molars in particular. That's right. I see it as the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, no. (laughs) Snickers bar, you eat one, swallow it all, see another, and think to yourself, sure, why not? With Butterfinger, you have Mm -hmm. hours of slow-release buttery goodness. In fact, (sighs) you can eat another one because your teeth are caked with that buttery goodness for those hours. This limits your sugar intake while delivering you the Butterfinger goodness like a slow IV drip. Win, win. You know what? Not only is does Ovi have a great memory, he is an optimist. That's that's a real Ted Lasso thinking. That is like the concept of caking your teeth full of Butterfinger and then just now it's time to continue living. <laughs> Makes me very uncomfortable. Hopefully that's coherent. These five drinks, I mean, three drinks went down fast. 73 Leia, 88 Josh. (laughs) P.S. What did the QRP operator say to the other QRP operator? Don't know. No one knows. (laughs) Hashtag QRP for life. Katie2QAN. Funny. Very good. Thank you so much for that email. Oh, very good job, Obi. Full of hilarity. The next email is titled MMIC. Now, uh, MMIC is a big embarrassing moment for me last week because I went through this entire thing where I justified that the word monolithic is not something that's often used in technology <laughs> when in fact it was a part of the correct answer and I now will never forget it. Now you get to feel the pain. (laughs) And this is from Chris. Leia, I look forward to the podcast each week. I wanted to contribute a bit on the definition of MMIC. (laughs) I recently came to ham radio after two decades of integrated circuit design. Oh, here we go. This is the person. So this one is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yes, sir. The monolithic refers to the fact that monolithic microwave integrated circuits include the inductors, so you can have one rock that does everything. Before MMICs, there were integrated circuits that included all of the transistors for building a radio, but the inductors had to be built separately. Mm-hmm. So the monolithic means that it is including inductors and transistors mm-hmm. is where we're at. So it's right. a monolith, really. Ham radio is a monolith. <laughs> I mean, MMICs, anyway. Yes. Those are, those are mm-hmm. monolith. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that, Chris. Well done. And Chris. Uh, that's Chris NS5EE. That's funny. He's EE like a... Like a double E. Yeah, exactly. What does double E stand for? <laughs> Electronic engineer. Yes. Yes. The next email is titled a podcast comments and a question. And this is from Barry. Josh and Leah, greetings from Southeast Missouri. Did I say that right? Did I do it? (laughs) I'm part of the one X crew. Thank you, Barry. I started listening to your podcast in the late spring while driving to see my sister and her family at the Lake of the Ozarks. It made the trip go by very quickly. Oh, so happy to have helped. Yes, thank you. 
I wanted to comment on your story of coming to the United States. Welcome to the family. I was in grade school when South Vietnam fell to the communists and remember when our school received several of the quote unquote boat people. I can't imagine what you and the others went through to escape to make it to this country. This makes me grateful for what I have. Thank you so much. That's and, very nice. And quite honestly, I, I feel the vast majority of immigrants fought to be here. So they tend to be very grateful for this country. Yeah. You wouldn't have fought to get here for something that you were going to sit and hate on. Again, vast majority. Yes, yeah. I, I, would, I would agree with that. All right. The banter between you and Josh is fun to listen to, especially when he tickles your giggle box to the point where you can't even breathe because you're laughing so hard. <laughs> well, that's happened a couple of times a day. I have to smile to hear a married couple still in love and enjoying each other so much. <laughs> it is a lot of fun doing this. We really do like, and, like it. Is. I mean, it, it, it really is us talking to each other because yeah. we get so little time to do that. It's true. But we can also read emails, answer ham radio questions. We also like to multitask. It's, yeah, we have, are drinking a lot of drinks right now. <laughs> <coughs> Me, I'm going with the Miller High Life. High Life's actually not that bad. It, Isn't that the champagne of beers? It is the champagne. Yeah. It is not that bad. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's similar to Stellar Artois. Mm-mm. Yeah. That is the crazy. All right. We'll do a taste test later. Okay. Now I've got to go buy some Miller High Life (laughs) and then also buy some Stella Artois. Uh, That, you're getting some emails. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I have a ham radio question for Josh. Okay. I currently have a 60-foot tower with a Mosley Classic 33 Tribander, a Cushcraft 5-element, 6-meter beam, and then on top of the 10-foot mast, I have a 10-element, 2-meter beam with a 2-meter, 440 vertical at the very top. Are you just bragging now? Yeah. (laughs) And by question, (laughs) I'm just showing off. Thank you. Goodbye. And my question is, how jealous are you? Yeah, that is my question. (laughs) I'm thinking about removing the two meter beam as I rarely use it, move the six meter to where the two meter beam is now, and then install at 1217 beam where the six meter beam is now. It would be sandwiched between the tri-bander and the six meter beam with about five feet separating each antenna. Do you think this would work well enough to make it worthwhile? You said a 1217? Yeah. So the six meter goes to where the two meter beam is. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to replace that six meter beam position with a 1217. Mm. I, I don't know that they would have some kind of coupling. To be honest, this is outside of my area of expertise. Towers and stacking beams. I have no background in this at it's all. It's true. I because... have no land <laughs> to do this. Kind of stuff. <laughs> I feel like that's something you should be able to look up on Google or however you search. Like, uh, who is, uh, who's, uh, somebody in the community that has a big tower? I mean, there's lots of people that have big towers, but like in the HRCC community. Oh, in the HRCC community. I don't know someone that's running that many antennas. The, the person that, so there's two people is, um, 
Val from Ham Nation. Val and her Ooh, husband. This might actually be a good question for Val. You know what, mm-hmm. Barry? Can you send us a picture yeah. of your setup? And like the the whole thing, like your your antenna. Forward that email to me, and I'll see if yeah. I can bring it up on Ham Nation next week. Because it's an interesting question, and then mm-hmm. if you don't mind, Barry, your 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 shack and your antenna being featured on Ham Nation. Oddly enough, I think that we're having Tim Duffy on next week. Okay, that's K3 really LR. relevant he's to the, me. He's the CEO of DX Engineering, Ooh. and he has an incredible, incredible antenna farm incredible you say yeah i mean gordon west could probably answer this too okay i'm just i'm really not in the the tower game at all i would love to be yeah i'm aware i'm aware yeah nothing is stopping me from being in the tower (laughs) game except my wife and the property we live on and my city city. um but mainly my wife That's true because if your wife were on board, maybe something could be done. But <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You are. You have never been more right on this podcast. You would. You would figure out a way. We'd be. We'd be doing holiday themed antenna things. There'd be lanterns <laughs> on it right now. All right. Well, Barry has one last thing to stir the pot. Uh, so here, here's my straight answer with Barry is I'm not really sure. I don't think it will cause a problem. But the proximity distance between the antennas is what I'm worried about. All right. So email tower correspondence. If you have an answer for Barry, write in. But Barry, you go ahead. Well, send us send us the. Well, yeah, send us the pictures, but include yeah. me too, which is yeah. hoshnasi at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, we will try to get this question answered for you before you make some big moves. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the last thing that Barry wants to add is York peppermint patties are the bomb. <laughs> now I want to help you even more, Barry. <laughs> the only ice cream cake I've ever had was from Dairy Queen DQ. How does that stack up against the ones you guys debate over? Dairy Queen is comparable to Carvel ice cream cake. Which means they're second and third place to Baskin Robbins. They are oh, tied for actually, first. Actually, now we have a new contender. They are tied for first No, with Baskin Robbins. No, Baskin Robbins is first, but there's actually another institution that may take first from Baskin Robbins. Wow. Korean Baskin Robbins. I sent you that TikTok. It was your mind so blown. <laughs> Korean Baskin Robbins. Okay, you May, guys. But Korean then, Baskin Robbins. But then my Robbins. problem is if I try it and it's not too sweet, right to the bottom. Okay. Okay. So Korean Baskin Robbins will allow you to go up to a kiosk in which you can pick 10, 20. Fl- it depends on how much ice cream you It's want. like a McDonald's kiosk, by the way. Yeah. It's like a big and touch so screen. You can pick. 10 or more flavors to go in a waffle cone. And they're tiny little sample scoops. So you get a scoop of every flavor. That is the most Leia thing that you could do. Oh my do God. In, a, in, a, in an ice cream. Why do we not have this here? Because they probably don't let you get samples, unlimited samples. I don't care. I yeah. don't want samples anyway. Yeah, 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 I get it. I want a cone of samples and I will pay you for it. But their cakes are ridiculous. Their oh, cakes, the cakes have are really beautiful. little cakes on top of the cakes. Yes. It's crazy. It's a cake on a cake. <laughs> it's like a hat on a hat. 
Uh, and Barry uh, finishes up. I prefer Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries for cereal, though. And the cinnamon crunch one, Josh likes rocks. I agree. 73 Barry AC0WL, the electric owl. Ooh. I like it. Yeah, AC owl. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well done, Barry. All right, we're going to try to get you these answers. Thank you so much for emailing. Mm. Yes, indeed. The next email is titled, Yes, it's a Unix system. <laughs> Do you know what this is referring to? Jurassic Park. Okay. Hi, Leia. This is the first time I have written into the podcast, and it's a bit awkward since I have to tell you that your husband is wrong. Uh-oh. Hey, hey, Johnny. It's, I'm, I'm it's, wrong all the time. It's, it's not a secret, but I actually love emails that do this. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> the system that the little girl in Jurassic Park was using is a real Unix system oh called Irix by SGI. And that was a 3D view of its file system using a program called FSN, pronounced Fusion. Here is the Wikipedia link. I will drop that in the show notes. There is also an open source clone called the FSV file system visualizer. And someone copied the source. And uh, Johnny has been nice enough to drop uh, links to that, which will go in the show notes. I have installed it in the past. And well, I can see why the dinosaurs almost got those kids as it was <laughs> super slow. But this was before there was any real 3D hardware accelerators. I think I had a Diamond Monster 3D 3DFX card at the time. Ooh, anyway, okay. SGI made some amazing systems. For more information on SGI, check out sgistuff.net. Well, it's very awkward that my first email is this, but I wanted to let you know that your husband is wrong. Again, so sorry. Nothing to apologize for. <laughs> I, I'm not going to circle back on the very rarely do you see things like this because I think that is self-evident. I don't think I have to defend that Unix systems often are not this. Okay. They're not this because it would be dog slow. Okay. As we literally saw in the movie, it was dog slow. And that was a time later, I believe, than that came out. But again, I'm probably just talking uh, junk again. But uh, no, I don't think people use this that often. Straight up. <laughs> okay. Straight up. Well, Johnny signs off. Love the podcast and can't wait for the next episode. I enjoy your conversations about your family. It brings back fond memories since all my kids are grown and now it's all about the grandkids. Thanks and 73, Johnny and 4, J-E-K. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for that very satisfying email. <laughs> Nicely done, Johnny. <laughs> The next email is titled International QSL Cards. And this is from Mike. Mm -hmm. Josh and Leia, I recently made an FT8 contact on 40 meters with 8J1RL in Antarctica. Wow. Okay. Normally, I don't do QSL cards for FT8 unless I receive one. But this is one I want. I would want that too. Yeah. <laughs> Since this is international, I'm wondering what is the best process to do this? On the QRZ page, it says to bureau to 8J1RL, uh, SASE to JARL or JG to ML. How do I bureau in this case? I'm thinking the other option I is would not to bureau this. QSL direct to JG to ML. I. Okay, hold on. Is that correct? I know the AWRL have some sort of bureau. 
Is that the same thing that would work here? This is my first I, I time doing an international QSL, yeah. and I want to do it right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't bureau this one. What would you so do? So this is going to take me a second, so hold on. All right. I'm literally logging into QRZ, so... But congratulations um, on that NRO contact. Oh, yeah, contact. straight up. That's now, I know that sometimes these are a little iffy, but... Um, what? Is, wait, what is Bureau? Yeah, so there's there's things called QSL Bureaus, and um, basically what you do is they'll hold a mailbox for you. Oh, is that the ARRL service? Yeah, it's, it's a great service. They'll hold a mailbox for you, and they'll fill it up with um, QSL cards, and then you'll pay postage. You, you put money into your QSL account. Okay. Then they'll put them into a manila envelope and ship you them. Okay. And then you get a big stack of QSL cards. All right. Which you then do your exchange. So you take your QSL cards, fill them out. You put them back in a manila envelope. Okay. Send it back to the bureau and they'll do the shipping to the Are you saying not to do this because you are worried that the bureau doesn't? No, I'm not. It's just because it's one card. It's one card. You might as well just go direct if you can. But what's the call sign again? Eight J one R L. Okay. Japanese Antarctic Re um, Research Expedition. Okay. So now, now I am uh, now I'm a liar because I went to their QRZ page, which is what you should do. Okay. This is the, the answer to this question. Really, is what you should do. You look up their call sign, you go to their QRL page, and are Yeah, that's what he's saying. Your QRZ page, and you do exactly what they say. Yeah, that's that's what he's saying. He went to the QRZ page. That's what it's Okay, says then I to totally do. was blanking on that because I was already trying to pull up QRZ when I started listening to this. So okay. yeah. It says please bureau eight J one R L and self addressed stamped envelope. So just do that. Yes. Do exactly what it says. All right. <laughs> do do exactly what it says to the letter. If that is how they tell you to, to QRZ then or QRL it, then that's how you QRL it. All right, Mike. I hope So that, sorry I wasn't paying better yeah. attention, but that's, <laughs> that's what you do. I hope that answers your question, Mike. And that's Mike W-X-0-M-I-K-A-R-R-L and Glarg V-E. Yeah. So it looks like J-A-R-E-62 is Takumi Kondo. And he is JG3PLH is his call sign. And he's operating. That's a cool, this is a cool QRZ page. You should actually go check this out, everybody. Uh, again, that call sign is 8J1RL. This guy is going to have some real uh, QRZ <laughs> profile lookups. <laughs> he has 333,497 QRZ lookups. Wow. Mm-hmm. That that guy's famous on QRZ, and they've they've got a nice setup. They've got a log periodic, um, a beam. They've got a lot of stuff here. They actually are very serious about radio down here. Holy yeah. smokes! You know, Antarctica might have a a lot of land mass. It it does. <laughs> Can confirm to put to put antennas on. You know, this is pretty cool. Wow. Okay. Josh is zoning out a little. I'm going to move on to the next email. Oh, you can fly online to go be a researcher. You're not going to Antarctica. <laughs> I, I was kidding about that last part. 
<laughs> the next email is titled T-shirt idea. And this is from Ron. Good evening, Leah and Josh. I hope y'all are doing well. How about a POTA shirt that says ham radio has left the building? Just an idea. 73. That's pretty funny. Ritz. K-O-4-L-Y-X. 1X crew. Hyponatremia. What is what is that? Hypno. Yeah, hyponatremia. I don't know what that means, but Ron, maybe you'll maybe you'll tell us. What do you think? Ham radio has left the building for Poda. Mm. Hey, if we make it, you'll get one. Thank you so much for writing in, Ron. <sighs> Hip- hyponatremia <laughs> is a condition that occurs when the level of sodium in the blood is too low. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what could happen if you drink too much water. Yeah, also known as water intoxication or water poisoning. It's it's not my fault. That's what I it's understand called. you can poison yourself with water. I just hate the term water poisoning. Sure. The next email is titled Podcast, and this is from Roy. Leah and Josh, I have been listening to your podcast and watching your YouTube content for several months. Well, thank, thank you. you. The content has been helpful in my quest to discover new ways to enjoy the hobby. I was first licensed in 1993 and upgraded to Amateur Advanced in 1995 and operated sporadically over the next several years. After retiring last October, I have had more time to be on the air and decided this was the year to go to the Huntsville Hamfest. Two weeks before Hamfest, I decided to take the extra exam and passed. Congratulations. Congratulations. I highly recommend Gordon West's study book to anyone considering upgrading. It is arranged logically and has good explanations of the context as well as the complete question pool. That is good advice. Gordon West is truly uh, the godfather Elmer. Mm -hmm. And Roy signs off. Thanks for all you do for the hobby. Keep up the good work. 73 Roy KT4 EM. Thank you, Roy. Appreciate it. Thank you. And well done. I hope you had a good time at uh, Huntsville. The next email is titled resend a first email. Thanks to comment and merch. Okay. (laughs) And this is from Jack. Uh, Jack's first email got lost somehow. I don't know if it ended up in a spam folder or or where it went, but I was not able to find it, which makes me worried. I am missing other people's emails. Do you ever check the spam folder? I don't. Oh. Yikes on bikes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should just do an episode where we just go through the spam folder. Oh, man. And then what do you do? Like have an eight-hour episode next time? (laughs) No, thank you. I will try to figure out where this... (laughs) Would you like to increase the size of your manhood? (laughs) Jack says, hello, Leah and Josh. First off, I want to say a big thanks for everything both of you do for ham radio and the enjoyment of life in general. Thank you. Oh, wow. That's so nice. That's high praise. Thank you. I am new to ham radio, so please be gentle with comments. Are we, are we mean? Are Are, we the baddies? Are we the trauma? (laughs) I don't think we're the drama. I don't think so. <laughs> I recently retired from law enforcement and I guess almost three years now, but still after working all my life and being busy, it seems recent. 
My wife and I have been stepping up our preparedness level after the COVID shutdown. Well done. Mm -hmm. We have always been preparedness minded, but felt it needed upgrading. In doing so, I was watching some YouTube videos and came across HRCC. What a find. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I found myself watching more and am now studying for my tech license. It seems like a logical move for me to stay active in some way with civil and personal safety and assistance. I have gone to one local club meeting and plan to go to one at another local club to see which might be the best fit. My wife is being very supportive. As in, I just got a Baofeng UV5R and program cable delivered, and she helped me program it. Ooh, wow. She's a keeper, Jack. Yeah, she's She's very proactive. As I I said earlier that I had retired, and sadly, it was not on my terms. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I was given the news that I had prostate cancer. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Now, before the pity party starts, let me say I did not say that for pity. I said that because I found it by accident. I had no symptoms at all. I say this to advise every man to be sure to get their PSA checked because early detection could save your life. I agree. That being said, surgery wasn't an option due to the spread. So they put me on hormone therapy shots and meds. These meds make me tired and I can't be as active as I once was. I am 59 years old and hoping for many more. Oh, well, I'm... I'm, We're rooting for you. Yeah. I mean, you're still fairly young. Yeah. Thank you for introducing me to both a new hobby I can do and also a possible way to still serve my community through possible radio assistance in an emergency or other activities. Well, you know, Jack, good luck on your tech. Yeah. I think I, I think you're really going to enjoy that aspect of the hobby and many others. A couple of other quick comments from Jack. Leia, I too like porters and stouts. I very much enjoy your comments and involvement of the love of beer in the podcast. Thank you. I really think people should start moving away from IPAs so that we can get more porters mm-hmm. and stouts. Tis the season too. There. As yeah. we start to go into fall. Yeah. On this side of the world. Yeah, it's definitely (laughs) the right time. In reference to the discussion of hunter and fishermen paying for the fish and wildlife management, the comment was made about getting a ticket and saying, hey, I pay your salary. Well, I can say as a county deputy, our salaries were paid for by county property taxes. I did actually have an individual tell me that one time when I pulled him over. Could you imagine but, the nerve? I mean, do people they, they really do, though, say they that? They do pay for that, right? I mean, it's paid for well, by property, property taxes. taxes. Yeah, but so if, if you, you own don't, a property. But if you don't live in that county, sure, then you're not actually again, paying their salary again, at all. Make sure to tell every law enforcement officer you ever have to deal with that. They love it. It's their favorite thing you can say. Could you Pro-tip. imagine actually saying I'm that kidding, to a law enforcement officer? Though? Do not People say this. actually say that. Like literally law enforcement officers are going out there risking their lives to keep other people safe. And all they want to do at the end of the day is go home safe as well. Yes. Yeah. I, I, Why be a dick to people who serve the public? I don't I, get it. E- even if, again, even if they're wrong, it's not the time to deal with it right then. It's just not the right time. 
Agree, agree. And, and again, I know that that comment alone that I just said rubs people the wrong way, but it's still not wrong. <laughs> It's still not wrong. I'm not saying like blindly overlook but, corruption or anything right, like or that. Right, or blindly follow. I'm just yeah. saying there's a way to do things, I think, in, in certain cases. And again, this is probably my privilege showing uh, that I, I can say that. Yeah, uh, but anyway, go ahead. Jack continues, sad to say, I had planned on giving them a written warning, but after that comment, I came back to the vehicle <laughs> and told them thanks. And since you pay my salary, I need a raise and I also pay taxes. So I pay my salary also. And by the way, press hard there. There are four copies to the citation you're signing. <laughs> yeah. This is like... Do people think that if they tell a police officer, I pay your salary, that they're going to go, oh, I'm so sorry. You, oh, you figured it oh, out. The trick. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. You figured out the trick. Thanks for that. Who told um, you? Who told go, you the secret <laughs> thing to say? You, go, go on. You're right. You're right. You're my boss. <laughs> my bad boss. <laughs> like, who, who thinks that? <laughs> Entitled people, I guess. Well, Jack says, I will close for now and hope to get caught up on the podcast. I have just recently started listening to it and really enjoy it. I listen as I work around the house. Yes, I try to get the housework done so my wife, who still has to work, doesn't have to, and we can enjoy time together. That's very nice. That's that's good husbanding right there. Good husbanding. A-plus husbanding. You learn to relish any and all time you can get when you realize just how short life can be. It's true. Yep. A quick merch idea. Being retired law enforcement, we have the blue line. Firefighters have the red line. In honor of all radio operators, both civilian, amateur, and military, how about a United States flag possibly subdued with instead of a blue line or red line as a stripe, you have radio waves and a couple of stripes. There actually is a stripe color for um, people that work the call centers. The it's yellow. It's gold. Oh. The dispatchers. This could go on the back of a shirt with an HRCC round emblem on the front like a badge. This has been suggested before. Sorry, as I have said, I am a newbie here. Uh, we have not had that suggestion before. That's not a bad idea, though, to use yeah. like a radio wave or, you know, yeah, that that's. Yeah. That's pretty good. If, I don't know uh, that we've got a merch for that, but. Yeah. But actually, we, we could just do an American flag with one of the stripes being this is exactly what jack is saying I, you wow. understood uh, okay. the assignment yeah, i did i got it I got yeah it. i got yeah. there <laughs> i just got sidetracked with the whole dispatch thing because that actually yeah. is a stripe all right yeah. okay well jack if we make one you're getting one uh That's, jack signs yeah. off 73 jack no call sign a ps i hope you like the shirt idea if so i <laughs> i take a two x <laughs> all right jack i actually do like that i think that might be a good one I think you got a winner there. Thank and I you. would love to click that button when you when you get your technician. So make sure to email us uh, and let us know when you pass. Absolutely. The next email is titled Emergency Kit. And this is from Herb? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, You're reading there's it. There's two names. There's two names on this e email. So I'm just going to go Jack. with Herb. Okay. Hello, Leia and Josh. Listening to one of your recent podcasts, Leia talked about emergency kits for kids and Josh talked about items going bad or items taken out of the kit and not replaced. 
While I was stationed in the Florida Keys, I became a volunteer EMT as there was no paid fire or EMS service back in the day. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we did was check the first aid and med bags. After making sure everything was okay with the kits, I would place a piece of white medical tape over the zipper where the kit can be opened and using a Sharpie pen, write the date on the tape. This was a quick look at the bag. You could see the date the bag was checked and that Mm -hmm. the bag has not been opened. In my Jeep, my med bag and 72-hour water food bag is set up the same. Enjoying the carnival, (laughs) the Carvel cake debate, 73s, uh, KX4 QV Herb 1X Crew. That's very smart, um, but I know, you know, a teacher looking for a hot Band-Aid is going to tear right into that thing and start pulling stuff out of there, even though it's the emergency kit. It's not the it's true. first aid kit, which you can't blame them, but that yeah. uh, factor enough time behind that, and all of a sudden you've got a depleted kit. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. why you have teams now. Mm-hmm. You get a committee that goes through and checks everything. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. It's true. Thank you so much, Herb. The next email is titled Vesuvius Iron Furnace. Okay. And this is this is also from Jack. Hello, Leah and Josh. I first want to say thanks again for your information and encouragement as you replied to my email in the last week's podcast. I resent the first email that was lost in cyberspace. It was more of a first contact introduction and shirt idea, but enough of that. Now onto ham radio stuff. It is a ham radio podcast after all. Thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to attend the R. Cara River Cities Amateur Radio Association meeting in Ashland, Kentucky this last week. A very nice and friendly group. They were very welcoming to me. They were testing and asked if I'd like to test. I told them I wasn't ready and they suggested I go ahead and try. I couldn't since I had not yet gotten my FRN number, something I plan on solving this week. Okay. Well, good luck with that at that meeting. My wife and I were also able to go to the Vesuvius Iron Furnace Activation sponsored by another local club, Soara, Southern Ohio Amateur Radio Association. They meet in Cole Grove, Ohio. And again, a very friendly and welcoming group. I feel I am lucky living in West Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio tri-state area. As a matter of fact, I live in Canova, which is at the corner where all three states connect between the rivers. And Canova got its name from uh, name Ken from Kentucky, O from Ohio, and Va from what was then Virginia. Mm-hmm. And having three ham clubs all within less than ten miles of my house. Wow, that's awesome. That's is there a landmark there where the three states join like a a point where you can be like, haha, I'm in Ohio. Like the four corners. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm in Kentucky. Let's hold hands. Yeah. And then you stand in Arizona and you yeah. stand in Utah. And you need less people for this one because it's only West Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio instead of the four corners, which requires four people to do that. Land, no just, offense, but yeah. <laughs> I'm probably probably safe to say that there's probably a lot of situations where three states have borders <laughs> like that. 
I just, I just wonder. I feel what like that's, that's like. not that rare, but okay. I'm not right. looking at a map at this moment, but I feel like that's a. I mean, I'm sure parts of California do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're on the three corners. Yeah. Which one? Uh, Nevada, Arizona, and California. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They invited me to a club meeting, Jack continues, which was going to be the next week, but I already had other commitments and was unable to go. I do plan, however, to try and go to next month's meeting. I'm so happy you're finding some ham clubs. They had a station set up up in the shelter by the Iron Furnace. I think the gentleman was running a Yesu FT897 with a tuner. It reminded me of a tough book with the heavy-duty case and handle. He had it plugged into the power at the shelter. He had a tall vertical antenna and some kind mounted to the trailer hitch of his truck. He was logging contacts on the tablet and using his cell phone as a Wi-Fi hotspot. He made contacts from Kansas and New Mexico before we left. Wow. That's pretty cool. They also did what they called a fox hunt. It was similar to something we did in the sheriff's department for search and rescue called Project Lifesaver of elderly people and children, many with fading memories and autism who would wander off. We had... uh, bracelets and necklaces with tracking discs we could triangulate uh, to track and find them. A club member showed me how to use my Baofeng UV5R with just my cheap rubber ducky antenna to locate the area and then take off the antenna and use my body to shield the radio and fine tune the search area. Okay. I wasn't aware that this was something a person could do. Yeah, when you get close enough for sure. Yeah. My wife and I were successful in finding the fox, as they call it. He said they have used this type of search with better, more directional antennas to locate a downed plane and other things in emergencies. Yeah, absolutely. Another good example of ham radio and what I can do with it and also help and be a part of my community. I am now more determined than ever and have set my goal and time frame to study and get my license. Thank you both again for all you do and your support and encouragement. Jack, call sign coming soon. All right, Jack, I'll be ready to click that button when you uh, get it. Just email back. I do want to take a second because I did look up the Vesuvius Ironworks, Mm -hmm. the iron furnaces. Just a quick little blurb from the website, which is coming from uh, the United States Department of Agricultural Forest Service in the Wayne National Forest. It says, the furnaces produced iron, and this is in southern Ohio. The furnaces produced iron in 1818 to 1916, and by 1875, southern, southeastern Ohio led the nation in iron production. Wow. Here is the fascinating part. The steel hulls of both the Merrimack and the Monitor were fired from one mined in this region. A lump of hematite or iron ore is shown below, and then there's a picture of it. During the war, the Hanging Rock Iron District was only one uh, was one of only three places capable of producing the higher quality iron needed for heavy cannon. Do you know why the Miramac and the Monitor, being from the same area, is interesting? Why? They were the um, okay. the ironclad ships of the North and the South during the Civil War. 
Oh. It was like kind of the first ironclad. I mean, they're called the ironclads. It was kind of like the first ironclad battle. Huh. Crazy. That's that's wild. I mean, it makes sense if that's the only place that the steel is coming from, then, then that's where wow, it's going to come from. Wow, Josh, it's like you're almost becoming a correspondent yourself. Yeah, the the, the Merrimack <laughs> and the Monitor, the, the fight that they had is actually um, pretty interesting. They're, there's a lot of naval guys who who are into that and, and really go to town with uh, with all the interesting stuff in naval battles. You know, Jack's email makes me wonder if there is a fox hunting Boy Scout badge. Um, I don't know that it's in the radio badge. It feels like that's something that would be in they the radio They could badge. really expand on that badge, Josh. Just an idea. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for that information and such great experiences at yeah, uh, these radio club meetings. Good job getting out there, too. I always appreciate that when people get out there and have fun with ham radio. The next email is titled, A Solar Panel Question, and this is from Andrew. Hello, Josh and Leia from the North. Huh. Oh, you must be More <laughs> San Diego. South? <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> I would like to start off with you to make my workday a lot more bearable. And Leah's laughter is infectious, especially when she's had a few. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's why I married now, <laughs> now on to my question. I have been looking at a portable solar panel to attach to my vehicle battery while I play radio. The only other draw would be a cigarette lighter phone charger with a 38 watt which is the maximum safe wattage of a solar panel is recommended oh oh okay sorry that's two sentences uh cigarette lighter phone charger with 38 watts mm -hmm. what is the maximum safe wattage of a solar panel that's recommended okay so i'm 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 seldom using a car battery and he specifically said car battery to yes. charge from. Uh-huh. You're going to have to look this up because I don't want you to damage your car battery. But I'm assuming that you can just take like a 60-watt 60, 60 foldable uh, solar panel and you could just connect it to the leads right on the battery. You mm -hmm. can do that. Um, but because he's drawing off the battery... That should be a problem, though. Here's what I might recommend. Well, because he's going to sit in the car with a car. Well, no, because he wants... You wouldn't need a solar panel if you were sitting in the car with the car on. Because the gas would turn the alternator. Alternator would charge the battery. No big deal. He wants a charging system to go onto his battery and charge the car battery. So here is what I would recommend, and it's probably not the answer you're looking for, but I think it's a better answer. Have a secondary battery. <laughs> have a have a nice LifePo lithium iron phosphate battery that connects to a charge controller that feeds your radio that connects to a solar panel. And I, I appreciate I just kind of bumped up the dollar value of all of this. But if you're if you're just sitting in your car and you're running a battery or, or you're running a radio off of a battery, there's no reason that you can't just do that with a secondary battery. And that would be a better option, I feel, overall. 
So that's what I would consider doing just so that you're, um, I don't know, you're, you're going through the, the, the motions correctly there. So I hope that helps. I hope it helps. hope it's not too pricey. Yeah. Thanks for the email, Andrew. The next email is titled Pod and FT8. And this is from Craig. I have a shirt idea for the podcast. HRCC podcast, Life at Residence. Yeah? Life at Residence. Yes. Okay. Hey, Craig, if we make it, you're getting one. Josh, I just started FT8 and am an old aircraft mechanic, avionics. Okay. While getting better is there a chance is there by chance a guide to get better at digital modes while videos help the details i need are sometimes missing the actual exchange and what to expect is what i need i have read the wsjtx guide still stumped great podcast and oh let me let me pause for you to answer this i've produced a couple of videos on digital modes and he's saying the the videos help the but the details he needs are sometimes missing. He wants to know what the actual exchange and what to expect. I feel like there's missing information there for me to build a video off of. Mm. Maybe email me directly so I understand what it is you're not getting because again, a lot of the contacts are automated. Right. It, it goes through the motions for you. What does it look like when it's coming in? So you set up FT8, mm -hmm. and then what do you do? You either call CQ or you double-click on somebody that's calling CQ. And then the whole exchange is handled for you. If you call CQ, you're saying CQ, CQ, your call sign. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes back with their location, their call sign, your call sign. And then the signal report that they have for you, how loud they heard you. Mm -hmm. You reply back with their call sign, your call sign, or vice versa, uh, with what you heard them at. And then uh, they will reply back with RR73 or 73 or something like that. That's the basic exchange. Okay. I think I have that right. No, I've got I've got a step wrong. They reply back with, um, the so that you call CQ, they reply back with your location, their call sign, the, I'm sorry, I already screwed that up again. Their call sign, your call sign, their location. You reply back with their signal report. They reply back with your signal report. Then you either send 73 or um, RR73, and then they send back 73, and that's an FT8 contact. That's FT8. But other digital modes are freer form, like PSK31. There isn't like a hard set way of doing it. You can just keyboard type it out. JSA call, same way. You can just keyboard type it out. Then your call, your your contact is literally whatever your contact is with that individual when you're typing it out. No big deal. Okay. Well, hope that answers your question, Craig. And if it hasn't, go ahead and shoot Josh an email mm -hmm. at hoshnasi at gmail.com. Yeah, I think so. That's the way to hit me up on that one because I like I I think it's one of those things where you just kind of like do it. Okay. And then if you if you double click on somebody, then again, you are going to provide your location. They replied back with your signal report. You reply back, et cetera, et cetera. All and right. You get the 73 from them. 
Well, Craig continues, great podcast and love the receive antenna video. Oh, and cool. on your video at HRO, went and played with an FTDX 101 MP and bought one. Wow. Nice. Have a great week. 73 W7 FAN. Yeah, he went with a FAN. That was a cool call sign. Yeah. He went with uh, the big boy 200 watt transmitter. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for the email, Craig. Hope it answered your question. If I hope not, so. Josh is willing to provide some off podcast. Uh, well, I, I, at least I'll get the I'll get the understanding what exactly or or more precisely what he's looking for, and then a video would probably be a lot easier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Craig. <laughs> peaceful welcome to day two but for you mere seconds <laughs> let's continue <laughs> let's continue with the email the next email is titled an idea whose time has come mm-hmm. and this is from kevin Leia and josh i have been listening to your podcast for several months now and as a fairly new ham i want to thank you both for not only increasing my knowledge of the hobby but doing it in an entertaining way well, thank you thank for listening. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. We try to Last... have fun and learn. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of teaching, but I guess in some ways the student has become the master. <laughs> no. I... <laughs> I'm still a tech. <laughs> I definitely favor. Um, I have to learn more than anyone, right? Every time I do a show or whatever, there's always something I got to brush up on. You, Even if I've done it before, I've got to do it again. So people didn't know that the Ham Radio Crash Course is your crash course. Yeah. You like you think are, of how fast I've learned more about Ham Radio. You are crashing. That's <laughs> I'm crashing into Ham Radio every yes. week. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So Kevin says, last week, you seemed to reach some common ground on the great ice cream cake debate. And Josh, you ended the podcast talking about how much Parks on the Air, POTA, and Summits on the Air, SOTA, have done to increase visibility of the hobby and introduce people to it. On that note, I think it could be time to take this concept a step further. In this day and age of online shopping, malls across the country are seeing increased vacancies as retailers are closing. The pandemic hasn't helped. Therefore, why not implement malls on the air? Moda. Simply set up in the parking lot and start transmitting. It would seem each mall could be assigned a reference number or code to identify it. This might drive more traffic to the local business or businesses while increasing visibility to the hobby. Activating at a mall during Christmas season (laughs) season may not be a good idea, but then again, maybe it would. If you really wanted to take this idea and put it on steroids, you could have a parking lot on the air, Ploda, mm-hmm. but there may be way too many of them to map out and identify. Yes. I would welcome your thoughts on this idea. So obviously we already mentioned it earlier on this show, but there is something called Woomploda, which is Walmart parking lots on the air which is something that was primarily for FM satellite activation. I know I take that back, all satellite activation, amateur radio satellite activation, because what was discovered, oddly enough, is that many Walmarts, their parking lot is on the border of grid squares. 
Right. And when you make contacts with satellites, they, they chase the grids. They're looking to capture as many grids as possible. So if you've got someone you work a contact with that is on the border of two grids or possibly four grids, you get all four grids. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's like standing on the four corners of the United States. If you activate it right there, you could get four states. I've long thought kidding, that's not that I should take a road trip in which I only go to corners of states. <laughs> I only go to states that have corners. I mean, every state has a corner. Right. But I'm saying ones where I could step out of my car, hit four states and been like, I've been to all four states. That's how I would do the whole country. Uh, okay. Again, <laughs> there's only a couple of states that actually works in. Which states doesn't it work in? Pretty much every other state. The four corners is that way because they ended the four states in the four corners. Well, I'm saying even three corners. Oh, okay, is okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. you with me? Now it's a I very am, yes. efficient way to check off all the states. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to actually see the states. You, you should look up the <laughs> the monument where the four corners meet. It's oh, it's scenic. <laughs> it's majest. It's majestic. Uh, so, uh, but to his other point of malls on the air. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, there's a lot of cars that you can put mobile HF in. Most people have it. I think parks on the air does a good job at that though, because you can just drive your car onto the park and, and activate. But this is a totally do, different. Do we need another Oda? Oda. Do we need more Odas? Could there be any, any more, more Odas? Odas? Here's there should the problem. just be a beach Oda. Like just beaches. A boda? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's too that's too complicated with boats on the air. Uh, so here's your problem with um, shores on the air. Shoda. The things to keep in mind is summits on the air is based off of those benchmarks that we've learned about. Yes. Right. Those are in a database. Summit you can markers. download the summit markers, and you can say, Ah, yes, we will add this to the system. You I can, have confirmed you, you this never, summit you marker. You never have to go to that summit to know that it exists because the government has plotted it or a government right yeah so you add it to the database you're good parks on the air you're using the national park system again there's probably a database that you can crawl that will grab West, you that westfield plazas on yeah the air. it's gotta be it's gotta be something that you can crawl there's gotta be like an api you can't just like outlets on the air horrible horrible you could go to vegas and hit three in one again, trip but how do you put it in a database how do you know? Like, how do you know it's a valid? It could it could end up like a strip mall. No, it's outlets. It's no, an I, outlet I, mall. I, 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 but what you've I'm saying is, if Prim you are Valley, running the database, and that, then you've got North Vegas and South Vegas. If you are running the database for aggregating all these database entries of the new activation location, there has to be a database. You of think there's outlets. a database of malls? Outlets. Why is outlet why is malls. an outlet more special than a mall? Why is that problem? any more less unique because then you just go in and you use coach stores <laughs> the coach outlet list again you have to be able to query that how are you querying it does coach have an open api that you can pull possibly uh, okay i mean what do what do asian tour groups use to get <laughs> the the guy that's holding the stick in the front <laughs> 
that's what they use. I'm sure there's an outlet database, honestly. Uh, I firmly believe that this is. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe not like all malls, because that's like a different qualifier, but for sure outlets. Not all malls. Uh, you'd have to look this up. I, 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 I'm with you. Um, What's a store that's at every outlet mall? Like Bose? Is <laughs> Sharper Images on the air? <laughs> Hillshire Farms on the air. Only during the holiday season. Huh. You just set up your antenna right in front of them. Is it a Nike? And then you Nike try and cook outlet? the summer sausage with your antenna. Like we need to move on. Okay. <laughs> can't, I can't get this any further down a rabbit hole that I've already taken. Summer it. sausage doesn't need to be cooked. I, it's a joke. <laughs> Good Kevin signs off. Keep up the good work. 73, Kevin. Casey, one. O-I-Z. Kevin, go figure out if there's actually a queryable database or an API of some kind that you can you can pull the data from. Otherwise, right. this would be very difficult. You just need to find something. Because I guarantee you the Walmart probably has an open API. And that's how they can do the Womploda stuff. Womploda. Which is still my favorite Oda. Womploda. <laughs> have, you, have you ever participated in a Womploda? No. The last time they did it, I just wasn't ready for it. But now you are. Now I would, would totally do it. Their QSL cards were amazing. It was Ash from the Army. It was the Army of Darkness poster. Oh, I want Pokemon. With and that. instead of the chainsaw, uh-huh. he had a Yagi. Ooh. And there was like a, sh- they changed the background. It was like in a Walmart. You've there was a shopping some, cart and there yeah. was a, like, you know, the, the woman was like grabbing onto him. Uh-huh. They had unlockables, like achievements that you could unlock. This is a well thought out Oda. One of the achievements was called the MacGyver. If you went, you, you bring only a piece of coax and you go into the Walmart and you have to build your antenna, the Yagi antenna, and make a contact with it. Wow. And you unlocked points wow. for the leaderboard. Wow. There were, um, there, <laughs> there were points you could unlock if you took a picture with a security guard. <laughs> there was a, a, an unlock you could get if you took a picture of yourself with your shack inside of a cart. Does it have to be transmitted over SSTV? No. You, it was, <laughs> you posted it to the Wumploda Twitter page. You tagged oh them. Oh, my God. It was so well thought Who out. Who are the geniuses behind? Yeah, it, was, it was satellite Twitter. Sa- yeah, satellite Twitter is, is pretty banging. <laughs> satellite Twitter is where it's at. No, they're, they're, very, is, they're is, very active. Is Sean their leader? <laughs> I don't know that they would... I don't know that they have. Uh, they would vote for a leader. Right. There are definite right. luminaries in, oh, in the yes. satellite Twitter, okay. but I don't know that any one would be chosen <laughs> as the leader. Sean's been on your show a couple times. A couple though. times, and yeah. I got to have him back again. People have been asking me, they're like, where's Sean? He looks like Penn. He does. I know, yes. That's what you say every time he's on. He's like, <laughs> he looks like Penn, particularly now that Penn lost all that weight. He looks like real good. <laughs> yeah, it's like Penn. Penn Gillette, we're talking about from Penn and Teller for right. people that don't know. I can't imagine people don't know who I'm talking about, but whatever. <laughs> also no, a great lo- podcast. He looks like just a pen. <laughs> <That's>, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, he looks so much like it. When he's on the live stream, I almost expect him to bust out in a magic trick, you know? <laughs> he was more of a juggler. Okay. All right. That's what he would say. Also, a carny. Carny trash is what he refers to himself as. That's hilarious. Yeah. He ate nothing but potatoes. (laughs) Cabbage. 
no potatoes. Big hands, though. That's the thing. Carney's small hands. Smells like Kevin. No, I mean, Penn lost all that weight by going on a mono diet of potatoes. That was just to restart his uh, his tasting His system. palate. Yeah. Nothing but potatoes. Potatoes anyway, except no seasoning. <laughs> what do you mean anyway, except no seasoning? <laughs> That's the joke. You have however you want. You just don't have anything Baked, applied to it. boiled, microwave. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, no seasoning. But not fried. No, you couldn't fry it. Yeah, well, no, no chipping. Could you imagine your sister? <laughs> I just did a potato diet. I just use French fries and potato <laughs> chips every day. My palate is hard. <laughs> Edison could go on that. Edison diet. could go on that. Yeah. Okay, so the next email reads: a prepping suggestion, idyllic, idealistic, wrong advice. Ooh, first HFQSL. This is jam-packed with action right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I love the... Uh, I, this is like one of those like Saturday morning or after-school action shows. <laughs> this is from Vic. And, and Vic has written in many times before. Right on, Vic. Thank you for yeah. emailing again. <laughs> Hi, Leia and Josh. Once again, thanks for all you do. Well, you're so welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Due to another death in the family, I oh, am no. weeks behind in HRCC podcast. Well, we're very sorry for your loss. Yeah. So much so that I may never catch up, so I jumped to the most recent on the renaissance of ham radio. Leia, regarding prepping, I would like to recommend that people focus less on the gizmos and stuff about prepping and think about internal ways to strengthen themselves for emergencies. Having all the right gear won't do you any good if it is not with you when the emergency happens. That said, I am a big believer in always having fluids to hydrate and some sort of food with you, even an energy bar at all times. Mm -hmm. Growing up, my dad moved us all over the country on a whim. I was born in Texas, but have also lived in Oklahoma twice, California multiple times, Iowa, Georgia, Rhode Island, we'll get to that later, and now Colorado for 30 years. Vic, I've got an idea for you. What if you built your house on somewhere that many states meet, mm -hmm. and then you could simultaneously live I, I got a new in one multiple states? I got a new one for you. States on the air. <laughs> <laughs> With as many places as you've been. Yeah. <laughs> During my growing up years until 17, when I refused to leave California again, if my parents moved, I had to learn to do without a lot of stuff and learn to survive and surf. I also learned to. I'm kidding. We don't surf out here. I mean, you and I don't, but plenty of people do. No, no one does. They're actors. They're paid I, actors by the state. <laughs> There are schools out here that have surfing as a PE elective. There are surf teams. I I still remember <laughs> Brock, which the dude's name is Brock. Yeah. Engineer. Uh-huh. Wake up early in the morning, pre-dawn, go to Huntington Beach, surf, drive to work, work all day. Yeah. What dude happened? started his day off amazing. What happened to him? Had a couple kids. Had a couple kids. Not <laughs> surfing as much anymore. Not surfing at all anymore. <laughs> I don't know that he's not surfing at all, but that's 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 like that's some dude stuff. 
like have a have a job but not gonna let it get in the way of surfing so i'm gonna wake up at the butt crack of dawn Sure. I mean, don't in. help the wife get the kids ready for school or anything. Just go straight this, I, to this the beach. This was pre their yeah. having kids, okay. I believe. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to throw Brock out of the bus here. <laughs> no, he took them with him. That was the first period. Because <laughs> they went to one of those schools. Of those schools. That was an elective. Brock was also the teacher. And yeah. then he came to work as an engineer. Dude was doing a lot. Yeah. Not even as independent studies. Just... <laughs> It's all extra right on, credit. Right on the school district payroll. Right. <laughs> for surfing. I also learned to sleep where uh, wherever I was in a variety of conditions, including bare floors and cars. Wow. That's impressive. That's something that I it was, wish I could do. It was the same with food. One Thanksgiving, my dinner was popcorn with mustard. Other times, it might have been potatoes for several days or corn for several days. Wow. Well, you were on the Pendulette diet before the Pendulette diet existed. Before it was cool. Yeah. You do what you have to do. Yeah. I've had people express their sorrow about this and have been critical of my dad. But in life and in my working career, these have been some of my most valuable skills, how to improvise and how to be resilient. And my dad was a great guy. He had a much worse upbringing and he tried. Generally, when other people think they can't or won't do something, I can and usually do what they won't. Hmm. That's, I mean, that's definitely the right mindset. You know, literally when I was reading that, you're like, I can't do that. Guess what? Vic can. And he did. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you can't. That's not something you can pay somebody to teach you. You know what I mean? Like you can't go take a weekend class on that. You can experience that, but you can't like really commit that to your way of life. You know, what's interesting. Uh, I had an employee once who uh, was from Thailand Mm -hmm. and he grew up in Thailand he by now he's probably 40 okay but um at the time he was probably 30s and he was telling me about how um in where he lived in thailand everybody when they were kids had to go live at the monastery for a period of time wow like at least a year i think it was mandatory which is this buddhism yes okay yeah And I think that what that did for that community was it, it grounded them in the, uh, lack of need for comfort. It's certainly probably simplified their lives a bit. Sure. Created a routine. Well, no, because it, it also removes the comfort of having a a doting set of parents, right? Because you're living. Oh, right. You're in somebody else's world. Yeah, exactly. You've got to adapt. And it's also a very um, stripped down existence, right? Because literally all all monks do is they get food given to them. Right. If And if there is no food given, then they don't. And it's not like balling out of control food. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, And then you're meditating and 
that's <laughs> slows a kid way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was definitely one of the most calm people I have ever oh, I met. I in my life. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. But I, I think it's very centering, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I would venture to guess that uh, Vic is like Liam Neeson. <laughs> Just he can do everything. Very resilient. There's a certain uh, there's it's not a movement. It's a thing that's always existed. But stoicism. Yeah, that sounds very stoic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Vic says, I'm usually the go to guy because I can and I'm always willing for an adventure that has paid well. It has given me the confidence to know I can make it in some tough circumstances and come out on top. I'm afraid that too many people feel they can't do without their special pillow, their soft drinks need to be ice cold and the right brand, or their coffee must be Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I I agree. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't be a jerk about pointing it out to people. You know what I mean? Like, I know Vic Vic isn't doing that. Yeah. But you you know, there's like a ton of people that like post this kind of stuff on Facebook. And they're like, bruh, you've got the same stuff that you're addicted to not like sure. drugs or alcohol but like the same creature comforts that you have i really right? do appreciate this mentality yeah I do because too. it makes you grateful when you do have something right but not that you need it it and uh, so this is something that your parents have your mom yes. in particular yeah is a is a she she demonstrates this in the way she lives yeah. her life. I mm-hmm. see it in her. She's not doing it on purpose. It's just like she's thankful for so many things. Yes. Yeah. And I, about once a year, we do a no spend month, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that happens when you do a no spend month, I, I mean, is this we is, empty out the refrigerator and the freezer. Well, I mean, there's that, but it's also this you realize how little you actually need to buy. Right. And then Josh is figuring out how like tour works and the black market, how he can buy things with no traceability. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't do that. <laughs> and I get good at bartering. <laughs> I hold a cardboard sign. We'll exchange ham radio knowledge for a new ham radio. Yeah. That, that really pays off for you. <laughs> So, yeah, I actually really appreciate this because I bet you anything that Vic has a deep sense of commit, uh, of contentment in his life. You know? I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, you, the little things mean more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, little things that not... And I don't mean like little things like, hey, he doesn't, he, you know, he, he doesn't know what good things are. Not like that. Like, something that's different, that's not experienced often... But yeah. a little thing, right? Yeah. Like that that means more, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. All right. I think there are other ways to achieve that. Vic went one way. I think there are other ways to do what that too. What are some other ways? I don't, I, I'm, I'm just saying yeah, there is exactly. more ways to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I do, I do like his mindset of, he didn't say like fail, but the, he's confident through all the things he's done that he knows he'll figure it out. That's optimism. But it's it's optimism. So there's there's optimism that you feel because like you're telling yourself to, or you're just an optimistic person, but you can't back it up. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's optimism that you have because you've done enough things that you go, I feel like I've got enough connections here that I can get close a to A confident it. optimism. Okay. That just <laughs> sounds more douchey. <laughs> Well, Vic says, I worked in law enforcement in California for 14 years what? and have worked riots, forest fires, floods, and a small earthquake or two and long stakeouts where the food and fluids I carried saved the day. I bet. A lot of people lose their minds, at least briefly, when these things happen. All the best laid plans fall apart and people do weird things. Once things calm down a little, they become very community-minded, and even bad guys might be very helpful. Still, the best things people can do to prep themselves for an emergency is to practice doing without the special pillow. Eat food out of a can that hasn't been heated, drink a warm soda, Safeway brand, or cold coffee. Sleep out in your car, in the garage, or in your backyard. Prepare yourself to be unbelievably bored, too. Do without the devices for a weekend. Practice being uncomfortable and you can walk away knowing that except in the most dire circumstances, you're going to do just fine. Also, Bic lighters are dirt cheap and important to keep close. A lot of them. Also, Throw one in every bag. Don't hesitate to add a book or a deck of cards to your immediate he, staff. Ah, he took it away. That's what I was going to say. The sanity items. I never go anywhere without something to read. Mm-hmm. That's all fantastic advice. Yeah, they call it a sanity item when you're talking yeah. about like putting a preparedness kit together. Decks of cards are big ones. Books are big ones. A lot of people will pack up, you know, a Bible or whatever is their their book of, uh, of faith. Uh, I pack like a harmonica or a small musical instrument. Oh, so like an insanity item to me right. is a sanity item to Correct, you. correct. I don't it's, think we're ending gets, up in the same place in an emergency judge. It gets double value. <laughs> value for me twice. Vic continues, I'm sorry this is so long, but I do think I need to correct some things about your advice to the person regarding the 50-foot antenna in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. Your advice was good for living in California and parts of the West. However, Rhode Island is a world apart. I lived there about 20 years ago and can tell you that when you look up the word provincial in the dictionary, it's probably going to mention Rhode Island somewhere in the definition. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. But it was a different world completely. Super people, amazingly beautiful state filled with amazing sights. There are buildings in Rhode Island that are still in use from the 1600s. Rhode Island has an interesting culture. They have been there for over 300 years and are quick to let you know it. The ways of getting things done in California are not how things are done in Rhode Island. As I sir, said, I live... Excuse me, sir. <laughs> California has had people in it for longer than 300 years. Okay. <laughs> As I said, I lived a good portion of my life and worked in law enforcement in California. The methods you suggested to help with this gentleman's issue was spot on for California. But a huge part of New England marches to a very old and traditional drum. Hit a wrong note with them and they have ways of making you pay Californians. Can't even imagine. His best course of no, action... Now this is turning into one of those Facebook posts. His best course of action is to forget the tower, use the natural towers of trees, and he's probably going to be fine being relatively close to the ocean. 
It would have been better to do and say sorry when caught than ask permission you probably won't get. If he was able to buy 12 acres, he's probably living near some pretty wealthy people who have family that knew Roger Williams personally. And if they do not want an antenna, you won't get it. I'm not exaggerating when I say Providence has a, had a popular mayor who took bribes, assaulted and tortured a man who he thought was dating his estranged wife, went to prison and then was reelected several times until he passed away. Look up Buddy Cianci. Cianci? Uh, okay, I'm sure somebody will correct me. The Don as in organized crime, of Rhode Island's next-door neighbor was burglarized. The very next morning, everything was neatly stacked in the neighbor's front yard. Rhode Island has its own ways, as does Boston. In a perfect world, your advice was good, Leia, and I agree that's how it should be. But we're talking Rhode Island. That's not to say it's wrong. It's their way. And there were times when their ways were better than what I had to deal with in California, like when it came to domestic violence or child molesters, see Sopranos. <laughs> Josh's advice about the ham club would be an avenue, but I still think using the trees is the best bet. Well, we did say that. He, he also, the, the emailer said that, that that's the first thing he's, the first thing you do is <laughs> set up a full wave loop. Um, and, and run through the trees that way. That was already a given. Right? That was already going to happen. We were talking about the tower specifically. Can you disguise a ham radio tower as a tree? Like one of those stupid palm trees that we all no. know is not a no, cell no, no, phone no, 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 tower? No. I mean, okay. So l let me see it. Let me see what trees in Rhode Island look like. I'm assuming those, you have pines, right? With those right? metal uh, horizontal spindly things that stick out. Yeah, that's a, that looks like a tree. What? <laughs> big natural tree oh look it's turning it's rotating like could you take a tower and then just cover it with large foliage so it looks like a tree this is this is not the way okay that's i think that's probably worse well i tried friend <laughs> I, I don't I, obviously I don't know anything about Rhode Island and the history there sure all that stuff yeah sure. we are Rhode Island clueless yeah for sure for sure but I don't think we we both came to the same conclusion that one must do a lot of research before one begins the first takes the first step yeah figure it out who the players are and right. then how to ingratiate yourself. Well, but also we said, talk to the ham club, Yeah, you know, talk to a lot of people, figure out, you know, feel it out. And if at the end of feeling it out, you think that you're running into this, you know, historic problem, then sure. Okay. It sounds more, more than historic. <laughs> well, it's, it's been it's, in place for a while. So it's it is starting to sound a little scary, according to Vic. And you know, Vic is, clearly not a guy who scares easily <laughs> that's, you know? yeah that's true that's true <laughs> so Vic continues now on to my good news mm. I've been licensed a long time but have not made an HF contact until last week okay I was using my Shegu G90 and was able to contact four stations on Route 66 commemorative event oh that was cool yeah I am so hooked 
on HF That's now. awesome. Good the, for you. The operators were super, and I appreciate all the efforts by Net Controls. I joined Long Island CW, oh, a terrific yeah. club. Awesome. You need a button for that. I do. <laughs> I do need another button. It's just me. I'll just bring my oscillator out and just start yeah. doing bad Morse code <laughs> for everybody. And I'm all ready uh, to plan and participate in Route 66 again, only next time, using CW. Good for you. Awesome. Good for you. Vic signs off. You guys are awesome. I hope you know how much regard everyone has for you, both of you. 73s. A lot of people. Thank you. Some people. That's so nice. Not, all Everybody has regards for Leia. I don't, probably not everybody. The, not everybody there, for me, though. Pl- plenty of people have, uh, I'm sure, stopped listening to the podcast. She out just over. doesn't stop laughing. <laughs> I don't find her laugh infectious. I feel <laughs> infected by it. Wow. But in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's still infectious. And that's Vic K0PUP. That's Copup. Copup. I like it. Very good. Thank you very much for that email. Thanks, good email. Vic. Great email. The next email is titled T-shirt idea. And this is from Mike. Leah and Josh, in your last podcast, Josh spoke of a bat signal for Sterling. Well, here's the shirt for it. Picture, if you will, the Gotham skyline in the background. Or, but it's really just skyline chili skyline? Or, <laughs> or something close. A cloudy sky with a cone of light projected up onto the clouds from some source below. <laughs> in the ellipse of light in the sky... 0.875 AG is backlit. The caption below reads, we have a microwave problem. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Mike. There you go. KJ7VID. I like it. That's pretty good. P.S. There's a Sterling and a Sterling reference. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have no idea what this joke means. I got to say that went over my head a little bit, too. I'm not in the microwave world, but I'm assuming that there's more to that. Sterling will reply and correct This me. This email oh, is the Sterling th- bat that signal. E- yeah, yeah. That, that, that was it, yeah. <laughs> Sterling, we need your help. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. We'll figure it out. We promise. <laughs> the next email is titled Randomness, and this is from a different Mike. <laughs> Leia and Josh, the past several episodes have brought up a few things I must share with you. Okay. First, there was an email where someone was lamenting the issues he was about to face getting a tower put on his 12-acre lot. <laughs> this is it, man. This is, we're in hot, we're in hot tower talk, Rhode Island style. While both of you had good strategies for dealing with the situation, you also posed the question as to what ham radio ever did to the city employee who is hell-bent on blocking all antenna towers in his fiefdom. Yeah, point, show me on the Baofeng where the radio hurt you. The answer is obvious, and... I'm disappointed you didn't see it. Since EME gets the ladies, there is little doubt that EME got this man's lady. Well, so that can't be the case because an EME antenna can be like ground-based. So you don't have to have it on a 50-foot tower. And since then, he's been on a crusade against the hobby that pushed him to be an incel. Wow. (laughs) 
Second, Leia has said in the past that hats are difficult to make because of embroidery. My suggestion is to sell hats that have Velcro patches and you can slap a morale patch on. Then you can sell several styles of morale patches, but I think the hat would have to have a smaller Velcro patch on the back or side where you could put a patch that says 1.5x crew, not (laughs) 1x or 2x crew, only us 1.5s are legit enough to represent this is a good idea you know they Mike, make velcro I... pat i mean they make hats that just have the velcro on it that already exists so really it's just a pat they're we're, they're trying to get us into patches Leah. that's what's going on here. all right okay by the way i did reach out to the original creator of the logo and so we're working on something to try and get like a couple more simple logos oh awesome thank so you so much that is in work Third. In fact, I am behind on emailing him. I have to reply. Okay. Well, Mike continues. Third, I have gained five pounds after you rekindled my love of York. I'm so sorry. Leia? (laughs) Also, ice cream cake should be only be cake shaped and not have actual cake inside of them. Thank you. Fudge and chocolate crumble are acceptable like in Dairy Queen ice cream cakes. Yes. Yes, Mike. You have Thank you. Thank you. Cake does not You have an unattended ally with frozen. Dairy Queen. Cakes. Oh, it's so frozen. It's not frozen. Nobody is serving their ice cream cakes frozen. Do you think that the cake is thawing before the ice cream melts? The cake is frozen, my guy. If you do the instructions that Baskin Robbins provides on the box, you will have a wonderful ice cream cake experience. I just can't even with this. As a former Baskin Robbins ice cream professional. I think that you are not an impartial judge in this scenario. I have had As you have sold too many of these cakes. We actually, I mean, yeah, we did sell a lot of cakes, but not nearly as much as anything else. I thought you were going to say, yeah, but they basically sold themselves. Okay, Josh, I get it. (laughs) That would have been a better answer to that question. (laughs) You love Baskin Robbins cake. I get it. It's not better than Carvel, and it's not better than DQ. Actually, I'm going to do DQ, DQ at the That next. was the thing I, we said we would try as a DQ. No, thing. I have actually had I don't a think DQ. I have. Well, you, hold on to your butts. because All of my butts. <laughs> Both cheeks. <laughs> Is one cheek its own butt? <laughs> no. They together. Correct. So hold on to your butts. Oh, yeah. All of my butts. I'm going to hold on to all of them. <laughs> Got it. Lastly, Leia, take a deep breath because I'm about to upset you. Wait a minute, Mike. We were on the same team. Here we go. We were team York. We're team cake doesn't belong in ice cream cake. I, I figured out a new thing to fight about, by the way. Oh, no. But oh, I'm no. Not, I don't know Mike, how to say it. No. Because I, I don't think you know enough about the one side, particularly the side. Oh, you've already read ahead. Oh, here I, we go. I literally cannot, Mike. There's no way you believe this. It cannot be true, She She read ahead. Mike believes that Hawkeye is the best venture. Okay, he has to back no. that up. He cannot just... No, no. Does he, does he have anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm bracing myself. Okay. I'm holding on to my butts now. All of your butts. Yes. Here, you want to hold mine too while I'm you get ready? <laughs> I, I can give you an extra one. No. I got all these butts over here. I'm not just saying that because I hunt with a traditional bow. 
Oh, that's true. He uses a traditional bow. He doesn't have a compound. Very good point. I'm saying that because Hawkeye is the most legit Avenger and is without any doubt the most courageous. We gave Hawkeye the vibe test and he passed. What? (laughs) Straight vibes. It's just Hawkeye (laughs) is vibing more than any Avenger. So what did he say when faced with Black Panther standing in his way? We haven't met yet. I'm Clint. Legit AF, Mike says. <laughs> what did Hawkeye say when Ultron was destroying a city and seriously overpowered Scarlet Witch was having a panic attack? The city is flying. We're fighting an army of robots. I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. <laughs> and I have 13 arrows. <laughs> this gives Mike goosebumps. <laughs> No, at no time would I take anything (laughs) away from Hawkeye. Hawkeye is a fantastic member of the Avengers. I'm not... I will take everything away from Hawkeye. I don't know why he's an Avenger. Wow. (laughs) Leia with the hot take. No, I'm I'm totally... I like Hawkeye. I like every scene that he's in. I'm totally a fan. I just think he's the best Avenger. Limitless power. We've got super soldier serum. Captain America, we've got the best Avenger, Iron Man, who what he can't do with a suit, he can do with his mind. Okay. Right. Well, okay. All right. And then you got, I can shoot 13 arrows (laughs) with surprising accuracy. He's also a master of tactics in unarmed combat. Okay. Really effective against supervillains. All right. All right. Well, Mike has more. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. He's he's really going on this one. Okay. What did Loki do when he encountered Hawkeye? He recruited him and Hawkeye crippled a flying aircraft carrier. With an arrow. Yeah. with I mean, arguably many I mean, Avengers could have done the same thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'd like to also point out that most of Hawkeye's problems that he faces involve a solution that requires an arrow. <laughs> When superheroes surround you, the real hero is the one who picks up the bow and arrow and stands alongside them, knowing he doesn't need a standalone movie to sell people on his badassery, or in the case of Iron Man, three films, only one of which was any good. (laughs) He's not wrong. The first one is the best one, and then... Instead, maybe two is okay. Three is three. They murdered. They they killed the Mandarin. They made him like such a lesser villain. The the Mandarin would have been such a cool actual villain in the MCU, and they ruined it. That's that's okay. I mean, because he's called the Mandarin. Yes. Oh my gosh. Instead, he knocks an arrow and takes on the masses of faceless monsters safe in the knowledge that the gods favor those of us who shoot stick bows. <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, okay. That last statement, I don't know that he ever said that, but okay. Yes. I am aware that he became Ronin, but I the didn't warrior that, but yes. in me thinks that makes him even more legit AF. Oh yeah. No, I, I wasn't going to look at the Ronin thing as a negative Ronin. Again, that's the the hand-to-hand combat thing. 
Mike signs off. I'm going to run away and hide now. Thank you for all you do for the hobby. 1.5 X crew for life. I appreciate your argument. <laughs> I like Hawkeye. He's just not the best Avenger. And that's Mike VA7 EZM. You know, I, I noticed in uh, Mike's profile here uh, that he's a writer mm-hmm. by trade. Mm-hmm. And he must be to make up this ridiculous fiction about, oh, <laughs> about, <laughs> about Hawkeye being the best Avenger. Such a good imagination, you should Mike. stop uh, writing so much narrative in your head while you're watching what we're all seeing. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have a question for everybody mm-hmm. now that we're on that topic. We're, okay. If, mm-hmm. well, hopefully you read. And if you read fiction, mm-hmm. you... You tell me, HRCC community, if you're reading, do you see it like a movie in your head as you're reading? Like if I told you to imagine, you close your eyes and imagine a bright red five-pointed star. When you close your eyes, can you see the star? Or do you just conceptualize the star or do you see the words what what is it because I had a couple of friends who told me I was the weirdo for seeing a movie in my head as I read that I don't believe you because you read so fast I absolutely do you're like the 2x crew of movies or of of books I I read fast but I I see it because it's real-time dialogue you know all right. Well, thank you, Mike. And uh, really love the hat idea. So if we make a Velcro hat for patches, you will get one. Okay. All right. The next email is from Greg, and it's titled Podcast Feedback. Okay. Leia, as always, great show. Hopefully this will reach you before the end of recording this week. Good news, Greg, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, David was talking about how he moved to Rhode Island and was running into trouble. Hot Rhode Island talk continues. Getting approval for a tower. The first thing he needs to do is get California out of his thinking. Never ask for permission. He's on 12 acres. He should just put up the tower and deal with it if it becomes an issue that someone complains about. If nobody knows the tower is there, then it's not a problem. Then you're not. I hope you listened to Vic's email earlier. You don't understand <laughs> about the historic characters that live in Rhode Island. You don't know what could be rained down upon you if you put up this tower. <laughs> yes. If nobody complains, then the city council doesn't need to approve. That's, <laughs> I mean, this is... Going back to Leia's disguised tree... <laughs> discussion this might be a product whose time has come turn any antenna into a tree yeah yeah get with it josh yeah (laughs) now on to books i have a an hour one-way commute i've been listening to podcasts but i'm getting tired of them (laughs) (laughs) Over the past month or so, the only podcast I listen to is HRCC. Oh, well, thank Redemption. You. Okay. Thank you. Yes. 
<laughs> but since I'm not listening to podcasts, I've started listening to books on Audible. Mm-hmm. I stumbled upon a series called He Who Fights with Monsters. I'm only one book into what is currently a four book series, and it's pretty good. It's a fun read. A guy from Earth has been teleported to a parallel world. Instead of technology, that world has developed magic abilities. There is a bunch of killing, but it's not graphic, but it's just fun. Hmm. Okay. Sounds like John Carter. This does sound really great. Magic abilities is right in the wheelhouse of books I like. <laughs> yes. And fish out of water. Yeah. Makes it a book. Yes. Okay. But that being said, I have committed to no longer reading book series that are not completed. It sounds like <laughs> it is currently a four book series. Talk to me in 10 years. <laughs> but it doesn't seem to be done. Oh, no. We've passed 10 years, haven't we? Yeah. It's over 13 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's just for the book that shall not be named. Yes. We'll never, never promote this book. (laughs) Well, until the series gets done. Right. And then if it's done, then I will wave the flag. (laughs) We'll wave the all clear flag. Yes. Greg says, I've been doing pizza on the grill for several years. I used to do it directly on the grates, but I've moved over to pizza stones. Attached is a shot of one of my latest pizza cooks, which looks fantastic. Uh, We have a pizza stone. I have not tried it on the grill because I actually like the flames kind of uh, charring the, the dough a bit. I think if you go with the pizza stone on the grill, it'd probably be even a better experience because then you don't have to flip it. You could just make the whole thing and then just shove it on there. Mm, but where does the charring come in? Know. You know, like a wood-fired pizza. I think the grill is how you get the closest to wood-fired pizza at home. And we can put some coals on top of the stone. Well, that doesn't make sense, man. That's where you get the burning. No, it's a, I'll try the pizza stone because I trust Greg. Okay. But I, I have a feeling I'm going to like still the grated pizza, like the pizza uh, on the grate. Yeah. Okay. I, not I the it. grated pizza. Yeah. Okay. You, you're fall. Mm-hmm. All right. We call those combos. <laughs> Is that what happens when you grate a pizza? <laughs> Just combos pops yeah. out. First, you got to slice it into a hot pocket. Mm-hmm. That's then right. you well, a calzone, it. then a hot pocket. Okay, oh, you're right. You're right. right. Yeah. Right progression. All right, well, Greg signs off 73 and 3 GDS. Thanks, Greg. Your pizza does look fantastic, though. Good job with the pizza. Yeah. Now you've got And me. we'll post images on the uh, Discord. Yeah. For the HRCC podcast. The next email is titled Dodge Durango. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And this is from Ryan. I'm sorry, but I have to respectfully disagree with the person who wrote in stating that the Dodge Durango was a beast for his <laughs> department vehicle. Uh-huh. Well that, may be, <laughs> well, that may be true for his situation in the quote-unquote hills of West Virginia. We had a much different experience in the real mountains of oh. Colorado. Oh, snap. Anything under 6,000 feet in elevation is just a hill. Sorry. Wow. Oh, Ryan. Wow, shots fired. <laughs> the sheriff's department here did a trail with four of the 2018 police package Durango 4x4s, and the results were very depressing. <laughs> 
While the power from the V8 engine was good, the reliability of that engine, transmission, transfer cases, as well as the electrical systems, not emergency equipment related, resulted in all four of the vehicles returning to the dealership for frequent warranty work on all four. Dang. The county ended up retiring all four from patrol use at 50,000 miles. Whoa. What did they replace it with, does he tell you? And they were then stripped of the emergency equipment and decals and put into the county administrative fleet pool. That was very discouraging, but other departments throughout the state reported similar issues. When it comes to reliability, it seems that Dodge and or Chrysler products always suffer from these issues more so than other brands. When I read the reliability issue in consumer reports. I want to know what they replaced him with. Well, I, I don't know, but... Apparently, the Colorado State Patrol purchased a bunch of new 2020-2021 Durangos recently. (laughs) Okay. So it will be interesting to see how these hold up for them. Ryan says they do look very nice, but most departments around here are opting for the Tahoe Police Package or the Ford Explorer Police Package, correctly referred to as the Police interceptor utility and some rural counties opt for the full-size trucks from ford chevy or dodge ram uh, ram having reliable transportation is very important for law enforcement and having worked in the fleet my local sheriff's department back in the 19 or the mid 90s i got to learn a great deal about just how much abuse these vehicles must endure as well as those who drive them It's not easy driving around in a sedan or small SUV with a duty belt around your waist and wearing a bulletproof vest and having equipment crammed all around you, such as a such as computer radios, emergency equipment, shotgun, cage and or partition between the front uh, seat and back seat, as well as other miscellaneous things. So when you see departments opting for larger vehicles, such as Tahoes and Expeditions and whatnot, think twice before assuming that it is a waste of taxpayer money. Our officers are expected to do more than ever in this day and age and have to carry around more equipment than ever as well. They are in these vehicles often for eight out of their 10 hour shifts and it is their office space. Yes. Yeah, I I agree. Did we we didn't say anything about it being a right? Because I yeah, I, don't I said believe... we gotta we gotta get them all Yugos. <laughs> They're and too I... comfortable in these big SUVs. Actually, even today, gotta get them some nice economy vehicles. Anything that's you know enter yeah, enterprise. They're always mm-hmm. coming up with cars that are available. We should just buy the used enterprise for our police officers. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. And no, we didn't say anything like that. You know, what's funny is uh, I think sometimes people think that I defend our law enforcement too much locally in our city because th- there will be people who complain about our sheriffs, right? Mm-hmm. We have local sheriffs. They are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, today there was a post that said the sheriffs didn't show up to a robbery in progress. It took them an hour to get there. Our city has a very short response time. Yeah, it's, for it's like the the shortest uh, that I know of in LA in County. I yeah, think. yeah, it's crazy fast. But then she says she is 
by her name and picture, mm-hmm. she appears to be Chinese. And she goes, uh, they were unhelpful until I got a non-minority on the phone. Whoa, this sounds okay. This and is that, a spicy. that really gets my goat, actually, mm-hmm. because I have had so many encounters with the police help the sheriffs and police helping. But to allege that our local sheriff's department Which is staffed by Asians. Yes, we have a very diverse. <laughs> yes. But also our city is like 60% Asian. Yeah. It's it's odd that you get a white person on the phone these days. It's Rios. No, but I'm saying to act as though the sheriff suddenly didn't want to help over 60% of our population, that really, that ticked me off. Is there, I, you better have a, a wrap up with this. How did this end? You well, can't just leave that hanging. It turns out they called, um, they called 911. Okay. And if you call 911 for a cell phone, it goes it to goes, highway patrol. And then it gets transferred over. Well, you over. have to ask right. to, to, to hasten that process. Right. You have to ask. That's the best way to do it. And then... Uh, the notes from the dispatcher didn't denote that the um, robbery was still in progress. Oh. Because what sounds like how it was described on the phone. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know like the full details of sure. the call, obviously, but I just, so I started defending the sheriff and I'm like, man, first of all, don't, don't come at our sheriff's department for being anti-person of color. Right. That's like, why would you put that in there when everybody knows in this city that that's actually not true? Okay. Yes. Right. But on top of that, I think we're missing some major issues. And then the other thing is, it turns out that it didn't even happen in Cerritos. The, the way Cerritos is built is that there's a city inside of our city. It's it's shaped like a C. It's like a U. It's like a bowl. Yeah. It's shaped like a bowl. Yeah. So you could be driving through the middle of the city and you will drive... Into Artesia. Out, yeah, into Artesia and then out of Artesia back into Cerritos. Correct. And it happened in Artesia, not Cerritos. But doesn't... Cerrito Sheriff Service Artesia too? Uh, Lakewood. The Lakewood office services Artesia for some reason. <clears throat> it's all about like contracting. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, and they have a dispatch there. Right. Lakewood. So it's it's most likely that because she called 911, mm-hmm. it got routed to Highway Patrol and then Highway Patrol routed it to Lakewood's um So it had nothing department. to do with Cerritos. Yeah. And then I'm kind of like, well, I still, uh, even Lakewood. I mean, this area is so diverse. I just, nah. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not willing to throw Lakewood under the bus either. Right, exactly. It's it's crazy. But yeah, so I think, uh, so when, (laughs) when I'm reading this from Ryan, I was like, there's no way I said that the police didn't. (laughs) Got it. Too good. Too good, too long. There's no way. (laughs) I would have said anything about it being a waste of taxpayer money because those people are out there risking their lives to keep peace and protect people every day. In the best way they can. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, you know, it, it, we're all humans at the end of the day. Yeah, and uh, that's not to say that there isn't... Uh, Wrong stuff yeah, that yeah. happens. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not discounting that. Yeah, sure. But, okay, I'm, I just got to move on. Yeah, you, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> yeah. 
So Ryan signs off. Special thanks to all of our law enforcement hams out there, as well as those in the fire departments and EMS. Cheers, Ryan. K0CTR. Couldn't have said it better myself, Ryan. Nicely done. Thank you. And I agree about the Dodge Durango. (laughs) (laughs) The next email is titled Product Idea, and this is from Brian. Hey, Leia, have you thought about an HRCC right in the rain field log book? Oh, Josh's face just lit up like a Christmas tree. That's a really good idea. Mm. I don't know how. There's so... There's so many like ham creators listening to this. They're all over it right now, I think. How do you customize a right in the rain field book? Just call them. Hey, I want to order 10. <laughs> and I've got 10. 10, yeah. folks. 10. Step right up and let's start taking the bids at $2,500. There's only five or 10. 10. That's right, 10. No. Um, Okay, so you got to be really. This is a little inside baseball stuff, but when when there's a company that actually makes a product, right, they will do like custom jobs for you, right? But it it's like it's a it's a thing you do because the two companies kind of like know each other, Mm -hmm. or you just reach out to them and pay a fee, and then you try and recoup the expenses on the back end. Which we could do that. That would actually be kind of fun to see an HRCC logo on a right in the rain tablet. It I looks, bet we could do that. It looks like you could custom. Yeah, but you're paying like corporate custom prices. So everybody would have to pay that price. Maybe it'll be for expenses. a certain level of Patreon. Oh. You know, I think that makes more sense than, than so, I mean, trying Did you to, just look it up? I did. Did you just look it up? I did. Forward it to me. I'm very fast. Okay, well, forward part. it to me when you get a chance. So okay. maybe that's, I do have, I got we got to talk after the podcast about a, a Patreon idea I have. Yes, Patreon gifts. Well, more than yeah. that, too. But okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, Brian describes in detail something spiral bound, small, around 20 contacts per page, maybe two and a quarter inches by seven and a quarter inches. And uh, he has linked me to right in the rain. Thank you so much, Brian. I will put that in the show notes. And Brian says, have a great day. N3BAS. Brian, Josh loves the idea. I love the idea. I just realized, though, that if you do it long ways... You're going to piss off, like, I'll need a left-handed version of it. Because mm. it's way, the way the right and the reins are, they're, they're you know, um, tablets, like news, newsy tablet, right? Spiral on top, lined normally. Okay, okay. But when you were, if you were to do it for logging, you would have to kind of, like, tilt, rotate it on its side long ways. You probably couldn't get the full Why? contact out. You probably, you probably can't get the full contact out. Why don't you just do a box for each contact? I'll show you what one looks like. This already exists. The ARRL makes it. The okay. difference is, is that this is for right in the rain. This, oh. this product already exists. Okay. All so, right. And, and it's long ways. The, the spiral is on the left side, and you write right-handers right to the right. But me, lefty, I'm writing through a spiral, you know, which is never fun. Okay. Well, thank you, Brian. This is this is. I'm been done an with idea. it. As a lefty, that I, is it really it reinvigorated like it. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm, I am reinvigorated. I have a ton of night in the rain. I have so many. I know you love it so much. I, I, I don't. Today, I don't love it. It's not the greatest paper, but it's because you can write in the rain with it. And as you, every time it rains in That's, California, I just get. I just want to write. You just go straight outside. I just want to write. I want to write about Hawkeye. 
I go in the back, I start working on my Hawkeye novel, but I only get that feeling when I'm being pelted with the open rain. Sure. Which coming soon, HRCC branded space pen. The only thing that writes on the ride on the rain when it's raining. I was just talking today about how I need a space pen because I have this calendar that is wall mounted. I got like two or three. And it's very hard to write on it without taking off, it, taking it off the. Thing. What you got it upside down? No, I mean I guess I could use a marker or something. But what I want is a space pen that uses friction ink. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. Well, we're talking space about pens are pressurized. That's how they work. They have talk- their own atmosphere, if it were. You're telling me you can't pressurize the friction ink instead Probably, of. Probably, but yeah, that's a space pen patented technology. Okay, Otherwise, well, we're just talking companies. about wish lists right now. Okay. <laughs> we're just making up products <laughs> okay. that we really like. And I love friction pens. This is the second time you've mentioned it. Yeah. If you don't know what a friction pen is, it's an erasable pen that writes not like the gummy old erasable pens of our youth. It writes like a, just a normal uh, rollerball pen. No, it does not. Okay. You know. That's fine. Fair enough. I, 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 bought, I bought a rocket journal to use that thing. Yeah. And I tried. I tried. Actually, I bought two rocket journals and tried it. I don't like the way it writes. Wow. I don't like the way the pen writes. I don't like the ink. Well, that really wounds me deeply. <laughs> that okay. my love doesn't love my other love. <laughs> but then again, I'm also a crazy person and I'm using fountain <laughs> pens right now. That's true. So I don't know that Friction I'm the right way either. Are too convenient. <laughs> this is all too much new technology in my pen. You're telling me I can erase it. You mean I don't have to own an ostrich to get more quills? <laughs> this is going to save me a bundle. All right. The next email is titled Antenna Options for Cobra HH5OWXST 40 Channel Handheld. And this is from Mark. Leia, I'm looking for compatible magnetic vehicle antennas as well as tactical antennas like the Abri 42.5 inch folding type antenna. Okay, tell me the tell me the radio again. That's all I got. He says, any help will be appreciated. Oh, Cobra HH5O. Whoa, HH5OWXST uh-huh. 40 channel handheld. It just rolls right off the tongue when you say it like yeah. that. That is the best <laughs> name for a radio. My goodness. Uh, okay, let me look it up. Oh, wait, are you talking about... This, this can't be right. Is there a space in there by chance, my love? You know, I'll just show it to you. Look. That's a Cobra HH5OW. Okay, hold on. HH5OWXST. Yeah, like X. Mm. Yeah. And it's a 40 channel handheld. Okay. And Mark's available at Walmart, handheld. He's looking for a compatible magnetic vehicle antenna. Okay, it's BNC. Wonderful. Um, Okay. So you've got a couple of different options. Uh, there are, by the way, you can do this at Ham Radio Outlet. You can just drive down to Ham Radio Outlet with this radio and say, hook me up, guys. So if you've got a Ham Radio Outlet in your area, just go down there with your car. They will literally go out your car and figure out how to set you up. That's one of my favorite things that they do. They just will help you solve the whole problem with that set. 
you can get an MFJ3 magnet mount, which is a beefy magnet mount that you can put on the roof of your car. It's not going to blow off. And you can put a you can put a fire stick on there. Fire stick is specifically for CB. You will have to do a little bit of tuning, so you may want to pick up yourself an uh, CB SWR meter when you're out there, because again, you're you're going to have to adjust the the stinger. There's a screw stinger on the tip of the fire sticks. I have a fire stick, the short fire stick. It's super super high Q loaded uh, antenna, lots of coils, but it's not you don't have to tune it if i remember correctly anyway it doesn't really matter and that that would be the way i would go the problem with that one is the fire sticks are going to stick up like really tall so however you'd want to mount it mag mount might not be the best option because it's literally going to stick like straight up and it's going to be like three and a half four feet tall so all right drive-throughs could be a problem <clears throat> well mark i hope uh that answers your question oh and then you need a bnc adapter in the car all right. Is that, that's the whole package then? I think so. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're still going to need the, you'll need the coax in. The coax is going to be a PL259, which is the UHF connector. You're going to need to go from UHF to BNC male bayonet connector to connect to that uh, antenna. You're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever told you that? It's not or? that big a deal. That's not that All hard. All right. <laughs> Well, I hope you find everything you're looking for, Mark. And I'm not a CB guy, so if people think I'm wrong with that, they're probably right. <laughs> but <laughs> I have a couple of CB antennas and a couple of CB radios, and I just uh, I use my SO239 mount, lip mount, on my car most of the time if I'm going to put a CB antenna in. And I just use one of those adapter, chungus adapter things they have for CB. <laughs> All right. The next email is titled, what do you get when you mix the Bennington Triangle with ranch animals? And this is from podcast co-producer, volunteer <laughs> podcast co-producer, uh-huh. Rob. Uh, l- let me clarify this because we didn't mention the Bennington Triangle last week or ever, okay. but I did mention it because we went down a deep dive on the Gabby Petito case. This is in the Discord HRCC podcast channel. Yeah. Yeah. And I had asked Nathan about the Bennington Triangle Mm -hmm. because I came across what is the equivalent of the Bermuda Triangle in Vermont. So, of course, I reach out to South Vermont ham radio aficionado. Field correspondent in South Vermont, yes. Right. He has created a YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. and that is Nathan, Mm -hmm. the other volunteer podcast co-producer. That's right. That's right. And uh, (laughs) he did not actually care that much about (laughs) the Bermuda Triangle. This is garbage. uh, Bermuda Triangle's trash. (laughs) It doesn't exist. And uh, this is definitely also trash. (laughs) Stop bringing down the name of Vermont. Thank you very much. (laughs) What's the thing the guy from California says on TikTok? At the end? Uh, California forever and goodbye. So it's like Vermont <laughs> forever and goodbye. We don't have a triangle. <laughs> Rob says, hi, City Hall Warriors. Wow. If there is one thing better than Josh's advice on radios, it's both of your comments on battling City Hall. That was textbook 
23 minutes of pure gold. Really? Yeah. So, it was for 23 minutes? <laughs> so it it gets really bad when our powers combine. Like we have gotten to some stuff where people are like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah, just give them what they want. It's, it's <laughs> not good. If, if she and I are working together on something, it's bad. You know what's worse than that? When we aren't working together. <laughs> do you remember when I actually did want a specific bond to pass because it was four schools and I felt it was vital for property values? Yes. And you did not agree. Did not agree. And during that whole election period, you threatened me with going on and fighting me. I'm like, you don't want, you don't want, this. you don't want this. And he wasn't. I have the high ground, Annie. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to go onto that Facebook post that you made. And I'm going to fight you on this. And I was like, you can vote however you want. Just don't talk about it on Facebook. <laughs> That's because I'm. We do things differently, I think, on social media. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we have a different way. So, Rob says it's my favorite segment of the year, even better than the cow patties and the ham buns. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, is that high price? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's better than. Captain Crunch and ice cream cakes. I, I, I still don't understand how you eat. I mean, that's cake. but that's not a good that's not a good bit anymore. It's it's played. It's good. I mean, it, you know, we tell you back. have DQ. That's why I tell you you have DQ. It's still not going to be good. David should wear a "Don't make me let get Leia involved" T-shirt when he goes that's into battle. Funny. That is pretty funny. <laughs> Maybe that's idea. a merch idea. Yeah. T-shirt idea. Quoting Leia. Make friends with friends of antennas. <laughs> That's good. That is yeah. good. That is a good one. Because that would that would be a cool one, like in a in a cool like box, like one of those like neato boxes where they got like a paint splash across the side of it. You mean like the radiate resonate? <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah, that would be really good. One of our best selling shirts of all time. <laughs> The shirt that she didn't think would be popular. <laughs> One of the best sellers. Resonate, radiate, propagate. Leia, I'm wondering about your maiden high-frequency adventure after getting the general license. As you consider Josh's reservoir of equipment, which radio and antenna would you like to use? And would you operate from the shack or a portable location? Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because... This answer is very easy mm. for me. I would use a step IR for the antenna. Yes. It's it's there. It's set up. Because you know one thing I'm not going to do? I'm not going to set up an antenna. No. Every time I operate. I am literally the person who wants to take the shortest distance to anything. Maybe my ADHD. I don't know. I got so many TikToks to watch. <laughs> Can't be bothered to do the, the toony thing with the, with the metal thing that goes up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would use uh, whatever Josh has connected. I see seventy three hundred. Okay, well that's a problem. Yeah, it's not connected anymore. No, it's a big problem for me. So you're gonna use the go box in the backyard. That's uh, not gonna happen. Okay. Um, so that would be a seventy six ten that's connected right now. Oh, we're not just gonna go ahead and put 
some wires, some coax to my office, and then a 7300 on my desk. I can do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> In your mind right now, you are getting three ham shacks. You got your ham I'm already, shack in the garage. You've got one in your office. And now there's going to so be... So I've got to swap my rigs. I'm already going to run a 7100 into my office. That, Amazing. That's a project that is in, in work right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when Josh sets up, when we go somewhere portably, I, I'll probably will operate yeah yeah so really josh will be my sherpa and uh, whatever he decides to set up <laughs> so you're saying josh will continue to be your sherpa yeah yeah mm-hmm. not like it's a new thing oh definitely not new okay yeah. <laughs> okay just more intense <laughs> so we're going camping yes intense yeah that's right okay uh-huh or we go to uh the wigwam motel Mm. Yeah, that's a root, <laughs> we missed our chance because the Route 66 event is over. It was last. I think you would love the kitschiness of that whole thing. That would I, be like I your already, jam. When people say Route 66, I get so excited. It started like one of the uh, one of the activating locations was the Wigwam Hotel. Yeah. By the way. So is the Route 66 event one in which you go from stop to stop on Route 66 to no, operate? No, there's multiple stations that are along historic Route 66 that okay. are taking, they have special call signs. Okay. And you make contacts with them and you get sp- special QSL cards. I love it so much. Yeah. So you're, you're traveling Route 66 on the ham bands. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Via RF. This is actually how I visualize ham radio a lot of the time. Super kitschy in no, no, no. Wigwam that you're hotel? traveling the world from your home. Yeah. Okay. Like you're meeting people from different parts of the country and the world. It's a very romantic. Without ever yeah, very leaving your home. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm sold. Good. But in my version, I operate portably and go from location to location. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, your Sherpa is like, I'll just get right in front of each operating station and and say, can I use everything you have? here?" (laughs) No, no, no. I will just use my portable rig (laughs) to make contact. It'll it'll be right there. (laughs) Oh, to them. It'll be. And I'll catch them all. Uh, yes, uh, the station you. that just completely destroyed my radio, <laughs> who has literally had her husband, I think, her husband, setting up for the last like 15 minutes. <laughs> he set up a table right next to my table, and she's staring right in my eyes, making this contact. It's, it's quite this intimidating. Is, <laughs> this is the most aggressive thing that's happened on Route 66 in a long time. <laughs> I mean, aside from Mater, right, being the being the a serial, serial killer. killer. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> everybody's like, "What?" All the all the parents of young children are like, "What did you say about Mater?" There is a Cars theory in which somebody takes a close look at Mater mm-hmm. and realizes if he runs. A junkyard mm. of cars, mm-hmm. but all of the people in the show or, or the movie are also cars. Mm-hmm. He just 
technically has stacked corpses <laughs> all over his property. Mm. But he's not killing people or cars that are already there. One of the things that is often mentioned mm-hmm. is that they hadn't people haven't seen a car in forever, mm-hmm. right? Because Mater's killing them. That's how he's getting things in his junkyard. Mater's a serial killer. You're welcome. <laughs> or so sorry. Or yeah. Auto necrophiliac. Why do you assume he's doing things with them? Why does it have to go there? Because, I mean, maybe they just died of natural causes. What? Why does he have to... You you took an extra step to get to murder, right? He's a funeral home director. Funeral home directors don't stack. Don't... Don't okay. yuck other some, someone else's yum. What? what? That's the wrong use of the phrase. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a different culture. We don't know their society. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> that I'm wasn't covered in Wally. I'm <laughs> That's where the human society went on the spaceships when the cars took over. Wow. Yeah. You hear that one? Uh-huh. Yeah. And Wally's a rapist. So. Wally is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if you want to hear more on that. <laughs> you want to hear yeah. more hot takes. Uh, Rob continues. Also, have you ever read The Adventures of Hank the Cowdog? I think you and the boys would love Hank, the canine head of ranch security. Mm. He and his buddy Drover solve murder mysteries and other problems on the ranch. It's a humorous way to get thrills from espionage and danger while experiencing chickens and other ranch animals. You can read the books to the boys or listen to the adventures on audio during long road trips. That's a great suggestion. It's like Leia loves that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rob. That sounds good. Rob signs off. Hope you enjoy the Moon Festival 73. Rob K5DCQ. Rob even knew it was the Moon Festival. Well done, Rob. Very good, Rob. Very well, (laughs) as always. So (laughs) I hope I answered your question, Rob. Uh, Question for everybody else. If you know anything about Josh's plethora of radios, which radio would you most like? To oh, use? interesting. Yeah. Maybe at the end I'll I'll give you my new thing we can fight over. Oh, yeah. Because okay. I think that would well, I I know that that's going to get a lot of emails if I do that. Okay. Well, the next email. <laughs> so then I'm I'm just worried like if I do that it's, uh-huh. it's going to not be a ham radio podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> The next email starts out with a battle. Okay. The title is Cheesecake is a Pie. (laughs) Okay. And this is from Megan. In the last podcast, someone was referencing a cake filled with cheese is a pie. It is because cheesecake is a pie. Okay. I mean, it's sold by Marie Callender's. Marie Callender's does not sell cake. The crust is filled with filling. Wait, Marie Callender sells cheesecake or cheese pie? No, they sell cheesecake as well as Mm. a cream cheese pie. The crust is filled with filling, therefore a pie. I have no preference on cake because I do not like cake, but pie, yum. And cheesecake is my favorite pie. Oh. So I see where you went. I see where you want this because you can't really call the filling of a cheesecake a dough. And to be a cake... 
it's not a batter. Well, okay. This is one of oh, this is one of those like lawful good, true good, law, uh, lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good. Because here here's the problem. If we establish a world where ice cream can be cake, that's a hundred percent cake. I mean, there's but there's crumbles. There's cake crumbles in the middle. But those are probably cookies or or broken up crust of something. Okay. All right. Go on. It's not I cake. Don't, me saying okay let, is not an agreement. Let, let, is, let, I'm trying to get you me, onto the. Allow point. me. Allow me to to further diagnose this problem. Okay. <laughs> the Baskin Robbins cake, All right, which doctor. is the the epitome of ice cream cakes, actually has a cake in it. Something that was a dough that went into the oven and came out as a cake, a whole shape of a cake. Right. That ice cream was placed on and just became more of a cake. With the Carvel cake, the ice cream was put down, there were crumbles applied, which had to have at some point been baked. I appreciate that, right? Yeah. And then another layer of ice cream placed on top. Okay. You call this a cake. Yes. There's it's no also dough. frosted. But, but there's no dough in this. Like nothing was a dough. Oh, or a batter. Right. So flip it around to the cheesecake. Is cake it is okay. All right. I'm 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 gonna let you get on to your <laughs> There's no dough in the cheesecake. There's a batter. No. Cheesecake batter. It's not a baked. batter. It's not a batter. Would would you call that a batter? Because it has to be baked and it has flour in it. No, I guess that's true. And eggs. You are baking it. Yeah. And usually in a cake round. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh. No, so, I think it qualifies. I think it qualifies as pie. Because it has a crust. Oh, it's tough, tough. It's a real... I think it qualifies. A cake and a pie, though. I can't not call it a cake. I mean, it's in the name. Yeah, but also the way it's made is how cakes are made. Just the ingredients are different. I mean, but... It has cheese as one of the ingredients. It doesn't take away from the fact that it has other ingredients. Well, no, because you don't put a crust on a cake. Mm. Hmm. Right? So it's not made the same way. It's made as a pie. You apply a graham cracker crust... Hmm. fill it and then bake it. And I appreciate that there's some pies that just go in the fridge. But I mean, a New York cheesecake, for instance, only has graham crackers on the bottom. No, and the sides. There's a dusting of graham cracker on the sides. Sometimes. I, it doesn't matter. It, the, the fact mm. that the, the, the production of this. This is, this is terrible. I, I'm stumped, Megan. I'm going to move on to the rest of uh, this email. <laughs> Fair. She gave you a, a fair enough and not so... Uh, Megan, you, you touched a point. Now, that has been resolved. Hi, Josh and Leah. Hello. I have been listening since October 2020 when my father passed away. Oh, oh so I'm so sorry. sorry. And I needed to become the resident ham radio person for the family. I love this idea. This is This is me. Every... This is me. I mean, I don't love the idea of you having lost your father. I'm so sorry. Megan. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Of course, of course. We're but not the idea that, that every family has a designated ham radio person. This is a good, like... That's a good idea. That's a tagline right there. Every family needs a ham radio person. I... T- this is, Your family is brilliant. Yeah. You guys are ad wizards. So I ads. I'm just talking about functionally. That's a really good idea. I, I bet that person would be the same person who would be the key preparedness person in the family too. Right? And then you've got to pass that torch along. And then Yes. Yeah. That's really meaningful, Megan. That's fantastic. It is. Good for you. Well, good for you taking on that mantle and yes. choosing to go forward with that. And again, sorry for your loss. So I searched ham radio in podcast form and your pod was the first that came up. Good. It is working. By the way, please drop us a review on iTunes. <laughs> we haven't had one in a while. If you like, if you use iTunes, please drop it there because that is literally how podcasts are ranked. I started listening and have been hooked. Well, welcome to the family. Thank you very much. The family. <laughs> Thank you. I. What is the thing from Fast and Furious? F- family. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? Family. What is the thing from Fast and the Furious? <laughs> family. It's just family. <laughs> do it for family. <laughs> I'm going to make a shirt. That is Dom. Fast and the Furious, but instead of family, it says Hamily. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on, hold yeah, on. We yeah, gotta work this yeah, out. Uh-huh, we gotta work uh-huh. this out because I, I like the like the I'm logo, very, the the block font. Yeah, I'm very excited about this right now. We need two F ham radio terms that are semi related, like. Um, <laughs> I want frequency in there. Like okay. fast and the frequency kind of works, uh-huh. kind of gets us there. So it's fast and the frequency, similar block font with like uh-huh. some lines in a in a triangular yeah. sweeping up kind of fashion. And then under it, it's like like a quote in scroll font. Yeah. It's all about the Hamily. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you writing this down? Are you writing down these this gold? Absolutely not. No, no, <laughs> no, yes, yes. This is it, man. Um, it's got to be like, oh, God, what? I need another F word. I need another F word that goes with frequency. Another F word related to? A ham term with an F okay. that is that goes with frequency. Okay. Phota. Uh, <sighs> families on the air <laughs> no no okay well i mean let let me think uh feed line filter no i mean no i, I do want it to be fuse no fuse <laughs> yeah, i mean yes but no um oh gosh fantastic functional (laughs) f-stop what if it was just what if it was just like not fast and something it was just what if it was the same block block font and it said fast contacts it's all about the hamily oh yeah okay yeah okay Okay. well (laughs) 
<laughs> Megan continues. I am so out of practice with the whole radio scene, but I have been slowly digging out radios that my father has given to me over oh. the last 20 years and started to put them to use. I'm terribly wishing he was around to help, but I've been throwing a Baofeng in my purse whenever I oh, leave the house. That's awesome. And have been lucky enough to find a pretty active repeater here in northern Colorado to listen on. Good for you. Good for you. That's good that you got a repeater that's active. Most people don't have that. Yeah. I am going to quickly brag that in July, I requested my dad's call sign, and it was a pretty easy process on the FCC website, and I have had the chance to use it twice now. The first time I used it last week on a local net, and it was definitely emotional. Oh. But luckily, static didn't pick up the waver in my voice. Well, I could go on and on, but my phone battery is at 11%. Thank you both for the laughs and the SoCal 90s references. I grew up in the Valley. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. And radio talk as I am studying now for my general. Well, good luck on your general. Good luck, and thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Open to ideas on how to persuade my STEM tech ed teacher to get his license. And I told him that if he did, we could talk on radio's longer distance. I thought guys always wanted to go longer, right? <laughs> uh, my answer to you on that, Megan, is fox hunting. He's a STEM teacher and fox hunting, like having kids get involved with fox hunting mm -hmm. will help them understand uh, how, how the wavelengths work. Well, and, and antenna patterns, like yeah. antennas function. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a couple of ways that come to mind immediately. ISS. The, and that ties into the same, basically the same antenna that you would use yeah. for, for doing fox hunting. Raspberry Pis are a gateway drug for many a people, and everybody in STEM probably has one now about these days, I assume. Mm -hmm. And Raspberry Pi couples beautifully with ham radio for doing digital modes. And digital modes cover everything from doing email to doing text messaging to doing images all over wireless technology. So the thing that the thing to talk to someone that's into STEM, and I, I don't I don't I feel like the, the 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 barrier to entry of like hacker mentality, and again, hacker mentality doesn't mean like breaking into a computer system. It means you want to understand how something works. I buy an Apple iPhone or I buy a major manufacturer's product. If I have a mindset of like how I was a kid taking drills apart and putting them back together and all that stuff. Well, the same thing exists with technology. I want to figure out how it works. To the STEM teacher or STEM person, you just need to instill in them the idea of you're surrounded by all this wire wireless technology and do you know how it works? Do you know how to function with it, mm -hmm. play with it, how to actually bend it to your will? And that is what ham radio is. It allows you to take wireless technologies and make them talk together. But you know what I think is really great for STEM kids mm. is they are so hooked into the internet and electricity and other things that STEM kind of revolves around. Mm -hmm. Challenge the kids on what they would do with no electricity and no internet. Okay. Yeah. You know, and how would you use technology that is off grid 
So they have to use solar. They have to understand batteries. Right. 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 And they then have to understand how ham radio works for communications. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would actually go directly to the text messaging, given kind of how the younger generation likes to communicate Mm -hmm. text messaging and SSTV. I think those two are so fascinating. Mm -hmm. I did a talk at a uh, YMCA. No, Boys and Girls Club. It was Boys and Girls Club. That's Mm -hmm. right. And we took a big selfie with everybody, with my my phone. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, everybody, let's pretend like your cell phone signal was gone. Mm -hmm. There was no internet. And I wanted to send the picture to somebody. Yeah. Well, I'm going to connect it. And I held up the radio and I plugged the wire in and I sent it from the radio um, into the computer that Mm -hmm. was sitting next to it with an antenna. And I showed them the antenna and all that. And they could watch it literally print out on the screen as it was coming over SSTV. It was really, it was fun. Well, I thought it was fun. I hope they did. In in some ways, I, though I understand more about ham radio, I really do still feel ham radio is a fraternity, a co-ed fraternity, and I, I can say that because I'm a Delta Sig and that was a co-ed fraternity. Mm-hmm. And okay. it is like a fraternity that consists of people who seek this off the beaten path knowledge of technology. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not. This... Well, an understanding of how it works, too. That is embedded yeah. in it. That is mm-hmm. a key component. So, uh, you know. Uh, Megan, you can go ahead and clip this entire section <laughs> and send it to your husband. There you go. <laughs> and hopefully that inspires him to find a new way to engage his students mm-hmm. in what is uh, like Indiana Jones and the lost arc of technology. Okay. Right? You know? Okay. This, this is a video idea. I have been it's, thinking about buying a bullwhip. Wow, so that's watching that's a lot. I've been watching a lot of bullwhip TikTok. Mm. It's, it's a thing. The, the 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 three like world top record holders are all on TikTok doing whip videos. And this is inspiring to you, I see. I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out how I can turn the whip into an antenna. Oh, will an antenna? A whip. Wow. It literally writes itself. You're a madman. I am. (laughs) Megan also says, Junior Mints are the best movie theater candy. Yes. Excellent. I know. I like Junior Mints very much. No. Everybody knows what the best movie theater candy is. Raisinets. (laughs) What? I'm actually more team Raisinette than, uh, than Junior Mint. I like both. It is the biggest bag you can stuff into that you can get into the theater because you're not buying it from the theater. Red Vines. Mm. Straight up, the movie theater candy is Red Vines. Hot take. I don't like Red Vines. Uh, <laughs> or I'm nibs, just finding out about or this. Twizzlers, well, okay. Or Twizzlers. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so you're already, you're already telling me you don't know anything about licorice when you confuse those two because licorice. I'm not confusing them. I'm listing them separately as a part of the same genre of candy <sighs> that I see, do not like. See, I don't like, I, I'm, I'll eat a Twizzler. No problem. 
but I like Twizzlers nibs. And they're actually harder, more harder to find than they have ever been. Mm. But Red Vines are where it's at. That is the movie theater. Don't like them. This is, this is insane. I mean, when I see a tub of red vines, mostly I didn't say empty. sneak a tub into the movie no. theater, Leia. <laughs> I'm saying when oh, I oh, it's my purse. What is that? I don't know. I'm bringing a djembe. Like at my <laughs> at my at my cousin's house. This is this is the 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 uh, re-release of Stomp the Yard. Yes. <laughs> at my cousin's house, I. Uh, saw a mostly empty container of red vines mm-hmm. the big tub and i was like ew who <laughs> like, everyone which one of you everyone with a soul <laughs> you don't like red vines i, I did not know about this mm-hmm. i i know you don't like twizzlers which i don't have a problem with you not liking twizzlers i got a big problem with you not liking red <laughs> <laughs> is this the end job this is it podcast's <laughs> over i don't care if she gets her general <laughs> And that's how you know. <laughs> that's it. That was the line. We crossed it. The most <laughs> obscure, stupid line ever. That's it. Well, Megan, thanks so much for this ride. Thank you for ruining <laughs> a wonderful marriage. <laughs> I agree with you. Junior Mint, fantastic movie theater candy. Also, great for if you want to sneak a kiss during the movie, you'll have very fresh breath. Unlike Red Vines... That's so well. If you Megan signs, if you bite the ends off of it, it's also a straw. (laughs) I mean, that might be the answer for the sea turtles because these paper straws in California. Oh my god, again, we solve problems (laughs) in this podcast. We stop giving out those stupid paper straws that don't work, it's just a red vine. That's cut for being a straw. <laughs> we cut out all this crap. <laughs> Megan says, I am unsure if I am allergic to bees, but my middle daughter was stung last week and she seems to be fine. Thank you. Uh, that's relieving. I don't know that. Good our correspondence. Kids, Good correspondence yeah. there. Yeah. I I uh, don't know if our kids have ever been stung by bees. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've ever been stung by a bee. I've been stung by a bee so many times. What What were you doing? I was shooting a BB gun in Arizona and one attacked me. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't like, and I'm not. So Are you sure the it wasn't first time, a wasp? No, it was a bee. The first time I got stung with a, by a bee, it landed on my shoulder and then I like brushed it off and mm-hmm. it stung me because I brushed it. Like a lot of times if a bee just lands on you, it's yeah. not going to sting you. It, it okay. has no desire to kill itself. I don't think a bee's ever landed on me. Oh, well, I'm sorry. That's a wonderful experience. <laughs> I mean, I'm out in the garden, and when I see bees, I'm like, hello, bee. And then I'm like, would you like some water? Oh, Can so, I offer you? <laughs> okay, well, let me give you a little bee tactics. you got to sing. you, you got to break out your oh. best show tune, oh. uh, bee-related, anything from the bee movie. I'm a terrible You could do singer. a Jerry uh, Seinfeld. Jerry I was going to say Jerry Springer. That's horrible. <laughs> a Jerry Seinfeld impersonation. They'll land a on Jerry you immediately. A Jerry Springer impersonation. You just throw a chair at the bee. <laughs> No, that's that's Steve Wilco. <laughs> I was gonna say, what is the bouncer guy? Yeah. <laughs> that Steve Wilco randomly, not even in your neighborhood, he jumps out and tries to break you and the bee up. <laughs> Becomes a whole thing because Steve's allergic to bee stings. What a troop, what a trooper! <laughs> 
I used to sing in choir in college, and something since then till now has fully ruined my voice. <laughs> what? Yeah. You, so I can't, you can't sing. sing to bees? Yeah, I can't sing to bees. I plant milkweed everywhere for the butterfly. Wait, was this smoking? No. <laughs> what did choir do? I'm I mean, I used to be able smoker. to. I used to be sick. able to. I used to be able to sing. Is my point? Oh, and okay. now I can no longer. Okay. Megan is hashtag one X crew seventy three. Megan N six N I X. That's N six Nix. Well done, Stevie Megan. Nicks fan. Yeah, yeah. Quite a wicked. Oh, it's one. it's the season for the for the song to come back. What song? Remember the the TikTok was this time. They don't with the come with back. the guy with the uh, uh, the cranberry juice, the cran raspberry, the the thing that shook the internet when that when that video came out. Do you not understand that things don't come back? Oh no, it's coming back. Oh, I already saw the I already saw the latte guy with the pumpkin head dump the whole pumpkin latte in his face. <laughs> it's already it's back, man. What are you talking about? It's not. It's coming back. This is a meme that's coming back. All right, Megan. I hope that we have helped you inspire your husband. To become a ham so that he can be the best STEM teacher he can be. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. You got to add wireless to the curriculum, even if it's not ham radio. You can get into LoRa. L-O-R-A. Okay. Wonderful technology. Get involved in that. Thank you so much, Megan, for the many a debate. That I, yeah, I don't even know how long <laughs> that email. Jeez. Okay. The next email is titled, I'm still reading Dune. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> and this is from Volunteer Podcast co-producer Nathan. Ah. Nathan says, good night to my fine, fine people. Recently, I have gotten into geocaching. Oh. I found a couple of caches, but the other day there was a cache behind one of the two Dunkin' Donuts in town. You have two in your town? We don't even have one. I searched for it, but just couldn't find it. The area it was hidden, unfortunately, was where all the employees park. So from inside, they just saw a guy circling their cars, acting weird and suspicious. <laughs> they sent a young employee out to get rid of me. I told him what I was doing, showed him my phone, but as a youngster, had no idea what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Wait. People don't know what geocaching is anymore? That became a trend and and nobody knows anymore? I guess not. Oh, my God. Nathan says, you live and you learn. Now for Ham Radio. I was able to get the Tentenna the other day, just waiting on my wire. I also ordered a Rig Expert AA55 to upgrade from my Nano VNA. Cool. Nathan signs off. That is all. 73 k one M-A-Z, Nathan in Sierra Victor Tango. You should listen to Irish folk music. It's the best. I love it. I do have a uh, tin flute that oh, I can play a little of. That's one of your many instruments. Yes. Yeah. P.S. My father and I are both reading Dune presently, but he is about 250 to 300 pages ahead of me. I really like it so far. This is to answer Josh's questions from a number of podcasts ago when I mentioned I was reading Dune. Wonder what would cause me to read it now. PPS, thanks Daniel for the humbling experience. Finn. I'm not sure what that uh, 
is in context of. So thank maybe you, Nathan. A, maybe it's an inside joke. It's a producer joke. Sure. Uh, and also condolences because now it's time for the final email. It's the final email. <laughs> that really cracks me up. That's, that's so well done. Yeah, it is. It's very well done. Oh, wait. Did Daniel make that? No. Well, what? Oh, I don't even Just go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. The next email is, and the final email is mm-hmm. titled, Homework I Should Be Doing Right Now. And this is from Jake. Dear Josh and Leah, instead of falling asleep while trying to do my psychology homework, I'm emailing you. It was from Matt Groves, or Matt, by the way. Yes, that's right. It was Matt. Yeah. Well, Jake, go do do your homework. (laughs) Great. But maybe you can help me. My assignment is to interview someone and ask them what their favorite hobby is, and then ask them what the earliest memory of the hobby is. Josh, I think you can see where this is going. Leah, I'm also interested in your hobbies. We all know ham radios, your favorite hobby. But what's your second favorite? <laughs> okay, well, I'll take that first then. Um, so I got licensed in 2007. And I went to the Anaheim HRO with the engineer who brought me into it. It's kind of like, you know, the first Elmer. Mm-hmm. And he... We, we, we looked at different radios, uh, and the at least expensive radio <laughs> was like a 200-something dollar radio, and it was the Yaesu FT60, which I still have. I definitely remember buying it. I definitely remember it was Billy Bob that sold it to me. It still works there. <laughs> at least I, I think, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Billy Bob. I'm pretty confident. Does Billy that. Bob know that he was the first person to sell you a ham radio? I think so, because we've talked about it before. Okay. But then the first memory of using the radio was I made a contact on the Catalina Island repeater Ooh. from here. Well, from Whittier. So that's even further, technically. And it was, it, that, was, that was really cool. It was a lot of fun. I really want to go back to Catalina. Yeah. Uh, somebody at work just recently did a camping trip on one of the Channel Islands. Ooh. And he, he told me a couple of the names of the islands that have campsites. It's $15 a night, and they have group campsites. The Channel Islands is primitive, with They're, the exception of Catalina. No, no they, have, uh, they have pit toilets on the really primitive one, mm-hmm. and they have running water on the, the more built-up And ones. I'm not being rude. That's actually By running what? water, we mean like salt water or something it's not Uh, like a lot you know it's like uh toilet water okay i'm not being rude by calling it primitive that's literally how they're labeled primitive campsites right because they they don't have a lot of facilities on them yeah but on purpose because they're you know they'd have to have build up then you know power and stuff like that to run that which i'm assuming they do but not necessarily to run campsites but i haven't looked into it yet but i'm assuming a lot of them are poda if not soda spots too so so you're thinking about a, ca- a Channel Islands? I almost called them Cattle Islands. Yeah, the only expense is, that you have is the ferry ride. And oh, yeah. it was like... Are you talking Catalina only? Or are mm-hmm. you talking about... I'm talking about 
like remote Channel Island. I would love to do that. Where you have to charter a ferry. Some of the Channel Islands have uh, species of animals that only exist on the islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about the ones in San Diego when we when we were talking about the uh, the, the the buds, right? Remember when we were talking about buds? Yeah. I'm talking about the ones that are north, like more Ventura. Yeah, but even those. No, have, yeah, I'm sure yeah. they do. I'm sure they do. But th- this individual who's telling me, he's like, no, it's like the best experience. You should you should definitely do it. I'm definitely. There's doing like a it. there's like a park ranger that lives there, and they're almost like a docent that will answer Ooh. questions and stuff like that. Are you going to come with me or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was really cool because he was like, no, no, the ferry's like, it is your ferry. They drive up and then like they just kind of gun it into the side of the dock. You unload everything and then they're gone. And then they'll see you in two days. That's wow. it. Like you you bring everything you need, that kind of stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to try that, especially after Vic's email. Vic makes me want to shed all of my worldly possessions and go live it took vic to finally encourage you to try backpacking no i've always wanted to backpack i just but don't you have think to it's fit realistic. it into a backpack i don't i think it's much more difficult with very young children they also have backpacks yeah they're so good at carrying things i have to carry edison's lunch bag on a five minute walk you know what's funny when i pick them up they never want me to carry anything Wow. I always ask them, I'm like, are you sure? And I ask them like three or four times on the road, on the road, you know, the, the block <laughs> the to block. home. And they're like, no, I got it. Wow. I mean, Ben doesn't ever. Yeah, no, Ben. Yeah, ben but won't. Edison. But Edison sure. will not either. He will not let me take anything what? from him. Now nope. Edison makes me be the Sherpa, but you're Sherpa free? He, he doesn't want to appear weak. Wow. That's the kind He's... of dominance you have to assert. What? I'm <laughs> Okay, my hobbies. I actually thought really long and hard about this as Josh was talking. Uh, You actually have a decent chunk of hobbies. I do. do. I mean, does arguing on the internet count as hobby? I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a hobby you're best at, for sure. (laughs) If if one to rank you on your hobbies, you you exceed all expectations. You know, the reality is that uh, since I've become a mother, I, I feel like my main hobby is helping my my children strive for excellence. <laughs> that's that's where a lot of my time has gone. I know that like if you had to answer the question of like what your most favorite hobby is, mm. it would be the the clay throwing. Oh, I love pottery so much. Yeah. Throwing pottery. I I really miss it, but it requires me to uh, consistently go to a studio, which is very hard to fit in along with two kids' schedules. Right, because it's you're, you're not just going to do it once and then be like, and I'm done now. Yeah, because you actually have to go back. You throw and you trim and you fire and then you glaze and then you fire again. Right. <laughs> you know, so. And we're not necessarily going to put a kiln in the house yet. I mean, sure, we can invest anything you want in ham radio, but ask for a, a wheel and a kiln and like a dedicated sink. And like, it's just totally <laughs> unreasonable. Sure. Clear the garage out. Let's do it. Go ahead. Really? Yeah, go ahead. Clear the, clear the space. Sure. Like you're not just going to keep building work benches. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm, I'm good. I don't need any more benches. 
Uh, pottery, yes. I uh, I really enjoyed running. Running for me has to uh, be not confined by time. I don't want to have to constantly worry about when I need to get back. So it's been very hard for me to do any kind of distance running mm-hmm. because I always have to get back. And now for you, it is treadmill out. and Animal Crossing. Right. That's the closest proximity to running you get these days. I used to have a very uh, engulfing hobby, and that was when I used to play WoW. <laughs> that goes way back, Leah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Is this the right question, though? Are we answering the question for you? I thought there was a... What's my second favorite hobby? Uh, mm-hmm. I do like cooking. Like, yeah. And that also is this time constraint thing. Yeah, and if you I excel have, at that too. If I have all the time, mm-hmm. I would, I would make more elaborate recipes. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm at an hour cooking time, whereas more elaborate meals would require hours and hours. Right. Um, Good question. Yeah, I Good think question. that in writing, I actually really do like writing. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So I hope that answered your question, Jake. Uh, Jake continues, cooking Skyline chili or perhaps making ice cream cake? I don't make ice cream cake. I just, I just critique them. <laughs> it's true. She has no, di- Leia's not really a big baker unless it's bread. Mm. And she's not really like and a frozen treats kind of person. Yeah, that's true. You, you like uh, the, the hot flame of a stovetop. That's like your it's true. workspace. Walk hay. If yeah, you've never right. heard of that of that phrase, it's the uh, flavor that is imparted by a very hot walk. Which we don't even have really the BTUs for that. Well, with a, a cast iron, because it retains heat so well, if you get it heated properly, mm-hmm. it will do walk hay. But uh, that delicious fire-touched flavor you mm-hmm. get when you go to Everything an authentic... Everything you like about Panda Express. No. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> breathe deep. I'm really helping the kids with their anger management. <laughs> you have to be the example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jake signs off. Anyways, it's uh, one twenty a.m here right now on the east coast so i better sign off soon or else i'll fall asleep mid email (laughs) i look forward to hearing you all tomorrow you always make my friday did he intend to be the last email i don't think so but congratulations i think he just i think he just beat out nathan then he did just on chance yeah i don't think he was trying to be the last email there was no uh message it's a real moving target it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, we don't make it easy for you. Well, we don't make it easy for Nathan. Apologize, <laughs> apologies, Nathan. Well, with that said, Best, wait. Okay. Bests and seventy threes. Your very sleepy email correspondent, Jake K O four J U Z. J U Z. Right on, Jake. All right. Leia, would you like to take a test? All right. Well, the first question is 22 out of 35. Okay. Whew. We're, we're getting close to another bad result. I mean, should I just start over when I know I've missed too many questions? No, 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 no. Because every, every failure 
of the test takes you closer to the point where you sit down and just start studying. Mm. It's a thing. But if I study mm-hmm. off the podcast, then won't people not this, be able to... Play, talking about played out jokes, this is the same joke you made when you were doing your technician. <laughs> we just had to weaken you to the point that you're just like, I will not fail again. And there was like two days and you were like, I am now ready. <laughs> You don't remember the impetus to what? It was Gordon West sending me a packet, basically oh. saying. So you're saying I got to make a phone call? Is what you're no, saying? No, no, don't make him do that again. It was already so nice and generous. So can I just threaten you with a phone call, and then you might study? What are you gonna do? Call Gordon West with a bad sick. Gordon West. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Interesting. This could be a whole bat series line. <laughs> okay, well the question is And reads, then DC's like, hey, uh, we gotta talk. <laughs> I'm just gonna have a little quick chat. How much uh how many of those shirts you sell? <laughs> because I don't know if you saw the Justice League. We're gonna make some money back. <laughs> I thought the Justice League was good. No, it was the Snyder Cut that was good. Wow. But that was a Joss Whedon joint where I was not a fan. But I thought Wonder Woman was good. You know what? Before we get before we get into this, I know everybody's really waiting, but I, I actually just remembered that I have a question. Oh, right. A fight question. Fight. Now, before I ask this question, mm. this is for people listening. This is for people you listening. You know what? It might not even ensue in a fight. What if it might we just not. agree? It might not. It might not. I can't imagine we're going to agree, though. If you have a hot take on this topic, if you have a hot take on this topic, I will repeat myself, and you email, please also either ask a ham radio question. Are you trying to fight me or, or our I just know that we may get a lot of emails. <laughs> Even if you agree with me, we might get a lot of emails. That's kind of where we're going down this rabbit hole. So have a ham radio question. Um or a cool, interesting factoid that you learned about ham radio, or what you may be doing with ham radio in your response to this question. Oh, so are you about to present something that is totally not ham radio related, yeah. but you think will send the email correspondence yes. power off the rails? Possibly. Now it's built up too much. I'm just not going to care. Leia? Yes. In a wizard's battle, who would win? Dumbledore. Or Gandalf? Gandalf the gray or Gandalf the white? Doesn't matter in this case. Really, it doesn't matter. Probably because you read the books, though. You read a book. Do You read the first Lord of the Rings? Yes. Okay. Hmm. I'm assuming you didn't read the Cimmerillion. No. Okay. Are you going to... Am I going to make a statement and then you're going to be like, haha, but in this book well, you've never read before, it proves that you're totally yeah, this, wrong. Okay, yeah, there, there's some, there's, there's, there's deep Gandalf lore. There's deep Gandalf lore. Okay, well that's not fair. It's true. So we'd have to base it on the, the Lord of the Rings cinematic universe. Okay. The same way we would need to base... Dumbledore off of the Harry Potter cinematic universe versus the books. So yes. you're going to take the books out of it. Yes. Okay. 
Because I can't operate on what I don't know. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> this is tough. Mm. Because Harry Potter overlaps with the the Muggle world. It exists. It exists in in our universe. Well, I don't want to burst your bubble, but there's a reason they call it Middle Earth. What? What does that mean? It's inside the earth. I'm just kidding. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. That's where the reptilians are. No, it's it's Gandalf. Okay. And it has to be Gandalf because Dumbledore was actually a man who lacked integrity. In many areas. Oh. Do tell. And exploited a young boy's life, an orphaned young boy's life, to win a wizarding war. Against the worst evil wizard of, yeah. of that kind. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I've never... I, I mean, that's that's all Harry Potter is, <laughs> is to be manipulated to fight <laughs> <coughs> wow, I didn't expect this. Uh, but yes, you are totally right. Yeah. Well, you're right in, in both accounts. Um, so a bit a bit of backstory on Gandalf is he is an immortal demigod. Because he levels up. No, he, he will always reincarnate. Like he, he... Once he became... He didn't have to reincarnate into Gandalf the White. Oh, really? No. He still would have been just a mortal and a demigod. Huh. Yeah. He's not like, he's not dying. <laughs> right. And Dumbledore dies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, well now okay. we're in agreement. Was a little, yeah, maybe no a fun. little anticlimactic. I yeah. thought that might have been a, you might have been fighting hard for Dumbledore. Dumbledore is like peak human wizard, like peak human capability of wizarding, right? Particularly because he has the elder Snape. wand. Snape. Snape. Severus Snape. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, uh, Dumbledore has the Deathly Hollow, too, right? That's the Elder Wand is his wand. Yeah. So that, like, is also, like, a big level up, technically. Yeah, but actually my favorite wizard in the Harry Potter universe is Severus Snape, so. It's not right. Dumbledore, so it's not like I'd go hard team Dumbledore. You know? Snape was, I'm inclined to agree with you on that. Snape was also exploited from a very young age based off of his unconditional love of a woman who never loved him back. And, and he Dumbledore was exploited by both sides. Yeah. Mm, interesting. But I'm saying Dumbledore was also one of the people exploiting him, right? So yeah, it's, it's also a complete pretty interesting. lack of integrity across the board on Dumbledore's It It's part. also pretty interesting that like, because the, the Patronus is not something you can necessarily change, right? But he, like, changed his Patronus. Yes. He, like, no, it's a doe. Yeah. <laughs> when I cast Patronus, it's a doe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's a choice you made. It's true. Is, Snape is... Is he an incel? Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. All right, well, I'll play it again. 
So just remember what I said about the emails if you have a hot take on what I just said or this question. Now we're going to fight over Snape. <laughs> That's the thing we're going to fight over is Snape. Yeah. I don't think anybody can deny Snape's heroism. Across the board. Yes. Right, because once you look backwards through all the movies, you're like, oh, Snow. Like, he was the, like, even in the first movie. Yes. He was the one that was fighting the the charm against Harry's broom. It's true. Yeah. Love me some Snape. And Alan Rickman in general. In general, yeah. yeah. He, he literally... <laughs> He like, is our Christmas. Doesn't he have? He is he our has Santa. A new part in a in a. Isn't he like? What was the new character we found that he was in? That's now part of the Christmas lineup. Gremlins. Is he in? He's not. No, he's not in Gremlins. He's in something that we're like. That's part of the Christmas lineup now. I don't know. Oh man, I have to remember it. Anyway, go we're ahead. so tired. We can't remember anything I know. anymore. Okay, so uh, twenty-two out of thirty-five. What does an S meter measure? Oh. A, transmitter power output, B, conductance, C, impedance, D, received signal strength. Received signal strength. Nailed it. Boom. What technique helps to minimize RF hotspots in an amateur station? A, low-pass filters on all feed lines. B, bonding all equipment in closures together. C, using surge suppressor power outlets d building all equipment in a metal enclosure rf hotspots and an amateur i'm gonna go with low pass filters on all feed lines oh bonding all Bond. equipment enclosures together what does that mean so in in an amateur radio station there is a positive and negative there's no ground plug. Okay. You have to provide the ground. And that ground usually is in the form of like a screw. A bag full of dirt. Right. <laughs> you put a sticker on that is the universal <laughs> ground symbol. No. There, there is a uh, ground lug on the bottom of most of your radios. It's a screw that has like a wing nut on it usually. And generally the, the quickest way to that ground is to your AC service panel. Your AC line must have a ground rod that's slammed into the ground. And tapping into that is the best way to ground your station. And if you were to drag a line from your AC service to your shack, once you get that line there, what you do is you put a bar up or a flattened piece of copper plumbing, something that has little holes that you drill. And all of your equipment has to have all of those little bolts connected to them with okay. ground line and right. ground line is generally flat strap of copper or woven steel cables that are flat big surface area you want a lot of surface area for grounding okay there you go the next question reads what is meant by the term flat topping when referring to a single sideband phone transmission a Signal distortion caused by excessive drive. B, the transmitter's carrier is properly suppressed. C, signal distortion caused by insufficient collector current. D, the transmitter's automatic level control, L ALC, is properly adjusted. Flat topping. I'm envisioning this to 
be what the waterfall looks like? Kind of, but it's your transmit. Uh, B, the transmitter's carrier is properly suppressed. No, no, signal distortion caused by excessive drive. So that's where you have... So if, if I if I talk really close into the microphone, I'm whispering. But if I talked at my normal volume, I would overload this microphone. Okay. And the receive capability of the microphone would be oversaturated. And we would lose audio signal and we would flat top it. Okay. And the drive in this case would be like a preamplifier that you have in your system or something like these microphones that we have preamplification built into the system. So when you're talking into like a handheld microphone, even an HT, if I put my if I put my face right up against that microphone and I yell into it as loud as I can, I'm going to overdrive that microphone. Hmm. And the audio coming out of it, which is human voice, is, become, is going to become unintelligible. Okay. All right. Well, the next question reads, if three equal value resistors in a series produce 450 ohms, what is the value of each resistor? A, 175 ohms. B, 1500 ohms. C, 150 ohms. D, 90 ohms. Hmm. One fifty ohms. See, one fifty ohms. Got it. Awesome. The next, and, and that was because they were in series. Yeah, so they're just stacking values. Okay. What is the frequency above which a low-pass filter's output power is less than half the input power? A cutoff frequency. B roll-off frequency. C notch frequency. D nepper frequency did i say that right nepper 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 n-e-p-e-r nepper frequency okay nepper a low pass filters output power is less than half the input power i'm gonna say a cutoff frequency there we go that's the answer a cutoff frequency When selecting an SSB transmitting frequency, what minimum separation should be used to minimize interference to stations on adjacent frequencies? A, approximately 6 kilohertz. B, 150 to 500 hertz, approximately 3 kilohertz. Or 5 to 50 hertz. Um, Say that again. When selecting an SSB transmitting frequency, what minimum separation should be used to minimize interference to stations on adjacent frequencies? A, approximately 6 kilohertz. B, 150 to 500 hertz. C, approximately 3 kilohertz. D, 5 to 50 hertz. Got it. Okay. I want to say it's A or C. Okay. Mm, I'm going to go C, approximately three kilohertz. You got it. Thank you. So generally, single sideband signals are 2,400 kilohertz. Mm -hmm. And that's to provide enough information for the human voice to sound good when transmitted. All right. 
So if you wanted to separate so that there's no chance that overdriving, like we just kind of talked about, might splatter the signal beyond the 2400 kilohertz space, a 3000 kilohertz uh, space is going to be good enough. Okay. Am I at five? I think you are. Okay. Nicely done. Thank you. Okay. Well, today, today I thought we would talk about a book. A book. And I have the book right here, and I need to clear a little space for myself. So we're, we're doing a video series. A lot of the YouTubers are doing a video series on the ARRL handbook. Land, oh. Do you see this? you see this handbook? That's a very thick handbook. It is a very thick book. I'm pretty sure I've put that handbook away like three times this week. Yeah. So this book, and by the way, it comes in two forms. It comes in the big, heavy tome type of book, and then it also comes in a multi-segmented smaller book uh, with a box that okay. you know separates them. I have always mentioned that this is one of my go-to things. Like if I don't know an answer to a question, I will often go to the ARRL handbook. And I kind of leave it at that. Like I, I just say that to people and, I, and I, I hope they get the message, but I've never really explained why. So I thought I would explain why today. And I'm going to do that by just going through some of the we're going to go down the t table of contents a little bit, and I promise I'm not just going to read at you because that's going to be really boring. But if you if you start going down the list of things that are in here, there is a ton of information, and it covers both components on how circuits work and antennas and operating. But let's just go down right in the beginning. You know, obviously there's an introduction, but the first section, section two, fundamental theory, you get an introduction to electricity resistance and conductance, basic circuit principles, power and energy, circuit control components, capacitance and capacitors, inductance and inductors, semiconductors or yeah, semiconductor devices and references in bibliography. So just from section two, you get an idea of how like electricity works and how things in ham radio play together, right? The, the third section, though, is when you start learning about radio fundamentals. And there are sections about AC waveforms, measuring the AC voltage, affected radiate or effective radiated power, working with reactants, which is what we use for when we're building an antenna. Mm -hmm. You have to know all this stuff if you're going to build an antenna, for instance. Quality factor, which is Q of components. Analog signal processing. All of this stuff is very, like nuts and bolts if you want to understand if you go back to my concept of like talking about the hacker mentality of like how right. radios work this book will kind of cover that section four is circuit circuits and components and then when you get into five practical design and principles that's when you start getting into like rf techniques so that's when you get into ferrite materials semiconductor circuits noise rf transformers but when you get into further on, you get power sources in section seven, which talks about power supplies, AC, AC power conversion, AC to DC power conversion, which is the power supplies we use in our shacks, which is usually very important. Voltage multiplot, multimeters are discussed, uh, power filtering, rectifiers, DC to DC switch mode power conversion, and batteries. So that'll cover, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm shortening this a bit. 
But this will give you a, an idea of how to power your station and walk through the many options that exist there. Now, section eight, this is something that's a little bit newer um, in this handbook, DSP and SDR uh, fundamentals. So if you're interested in digital signal processing or software-defined radios, which are SDRs, this will give you a little bit of an introduction to it so you can kind of get an idea of what it is. And that's where they talk about analog to digital conversion, which is the explanation of converting RF into digital formats that can be taken in by software and converted back into an audio signal or converted into an audio signal that you can understand, which is pretty important. Digital signal processors are the software technology that will either take out noise or soften audio or uh, give you a bit of a higher kick to audio so that you can receive it easier. Why is everybody so excited about this handbook right now? Because I, I don't think people appreciate it appropriately. Hmm. I, th I think that there is like a wealth of knowledge in this book. And again, you know, the, the ARRL might not want me to tell you this, but uh, there, there are older versions of this that exist on the used market that are cheap. Like a lot of these handbooks you can get for not a lot of money and it makes a fantastic gift for a ham or a gift for yourself that you just put in your shack to answer questions how often do they issue a new handbook every year wow and they update it with new technologies and whatnot so you have a version right there in your hands yeah so i i have um i have three or four versions of this the one that i probably use the most is my 2017 version of this book and, and i want to be really clear when I do like my live streams and I'm talking about RF technologies, when I was talking about different types of antennas and how antennas work, I, I know generally how a lot of that stuff works. Not like Sterling knows, but if I'm going to go check myself, I'll pull out the handbook and, and huh. check for information on that. Because again, there's sections on how antennas work. Do, is there somewhere where they highlight new things that they've put in the handbook? Are, are things changing so quickly that the handbook needs an addition every year? Not necessarily documenting what's new, but the um, the sections are updated throughout, you know, every between the years. Some aren't. I mean, the, the technology for like a dipole is not really going to change, right? Like the mm -hmm. understanding of a dipole is not going to change at all. But definitely in the area of SDRs and DSPs for sure, yeah. So that, that leads into further, like, you know, table of contents of oscillators and synthesizers, analog and digital filtering, how modulation works. So modulation types for AM, FSK, PSK, spread spectrum modulation, pulse modulation, all, all the things that we know is like modes on our radio are explained in this book. Receiving characteristics, what's the difference between a heterodyne receiver versus an SDR receiver? What are What is mixing and mixers? Leia, remember the uh, the questions you've seen on what is a what is mixers? Like what do mixers do? This explains it. Mm. So most of the questions that you get in the ham radio questions are uh, like in the question pool are, are covered here in the greater detail. And not like, no, no shade to... Um, hamstudy.org or anything when you click on the information tab, but this book is going to go into greater detail. So 
AGC, how does AGC work, which is the automatic gain control and why you need to adjust it depending on your noise level or how you need to go from fast, medium to slow. Like if you're doing single sideband, you should probably have your AGC set to slow, that kind of stuff. So do you think this ARRL handbook is so inclusive of the information you would need that people who may learn better by reading yeah. could pick this up and understand everything without supplemental information? Well, it's a, scary, it's a scary question when you ask that because I know you're the encyclopedia kid who would I pull am. an encyclopedia off of the shelf and read it. Yes. You could do that with this book, but it, it feels more like a reference guide a lot of the times. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to look at it when I have a specific question. Okay. This, in a lot of ways, this book is kind of like um, an Elmer substitute. Okay. It's it's not a replacement for an Elmer, but it has a lot of really good condensed information that you may want to look at. All right, so going down the list, there is section 17, digital protocols and modes, where it explains what digital modes are. Fuzzy modes, structured modes, networking modes, digital mode table, it goes on. Power amplifiers, how to use them, why we use them, right? So if you have a 100-watt transmitter and you want to get more than 100 watts out, you might want to get yourself an amplifier. Well, it's not as simple as just going out and buying an amplifier. You may need to get a specific type, depending on the type of ham radio you want to do, and that's going to change how much it costs and the power output of that amplifier and how to use it. They'll all be covered there. There's a whole section on repeaters, which for everybody that does FM voice, you are probably maybe interested in understanding how they work. And they talk about different digital um, digital modes in there as well for, for voice, FM voice, right, for digital modes, which is not necessarily uh, FM, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Do I? Now, there is a uh, large section on antenna systems and radio propagation. And this is where you get a concept of how things like skywave propagation works and how sun cycles work and what the muff predictions are all about. Oh. The maximum usable frequencies, right? Explaining what is the, the propagation in the troposphere, VHF, UHF propagation, propagation for space communications, noise and propagation, propagation below the AM broadcast band, which is like your... Uh, very low frequency or low frequency radio. And then it actually gets into talking about transmission lines like coax. uh, And then there is a large section on antennas. And it will walk you through many solid performing antennas that you can set up at home. Dipoles, halfway verticals, vertical ground plane antennas, slopers, quad and loop antennas this will give you an idea like you could you could adapt many of these to be any type of antenna that you would use at home and explain how you could move the building of these antennas specifically for the frequencies you want to operate on so maybe you want to build a quad antenna a quad antenna is a radiating loop with a reflector and a director or maybe just two element but it's basically a directional loop antenna And this book will give you a little bit of background there that you could go off and build it yourself. Now, as you go further, because, yeah, there's a little bit more, but it goes into assembling a station, 
test equipment and measurements that you may want to know. And those test uh, test equipment is a, a lot of the stuff that uh, when I did the video with Sterling, the test equipment I had on hand, right? Mm. From from knowing the kind of stuff that I would want to have in the shack and knowing what to what to use. So you're saying that the purchasing of random tools and equipment has really paid off. Always purchase random tools. Always purchase random tools. Now at the end here, there is a troubleshooting and maintenance section, which covers things like test equipment and components, getting started inside your equipment, testing at the circuit level after the repairs, and it goes on from there. Section 27, close to my heart, because I've definitely pulled this one up before. Section 27 has 12 sections within it, and it's all about RF interference. It will walk you through many of the different RF interference spaces, things huh. that you deal with. Um, th there are, <laughs> there's a ton of different stuff that you you will. Does it also suggest shutting off all the power on yeah. your family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, wow. it, it definitely says that. It, it says, actually, I think it says you get extra credit as a ham if you shut the power off to your family. Wow. And then you exclaim, I'm doing this because I'm the designated ham. <laughs> you have to say that emphatically. I see. But it's a huge section on managing radio frequency interference, FCC rules and regulations. So not just that you are experiencing interference, but what does the FCC say about this? What can you do about this if it goes outside your home? Oh. Which is what a lot of people get really worried about when they start dealing with the outside the home interference. My neighbor's a little sketchy. He's got like <laughs> he's got a ton of halogen lights in his in his uh in his patio. My neighbor's house keeps flashing when I'm transmitting. <laughs> no, that's not that's not what hams care about. We don't care that we're Oh. No, we do care that we're interfering with other people, but we really care about people that may like start up next door with a grow light setup. Oh. That causes a lot of RFI. Yeah. Nobody busts grow light operations like hams. No, I think most <laughs> of the hams. The smart way to handle that, by the way, is like make friends with your neighbor and be mm -hmm. like, hey, I just want you to know I'm a ham radio operator. Mm -hmm. I started, I, I picked up a lot of noise recently. Kind of explain what noise is. Mm -hmm. And say like, listen, um, noise is how law enforcement finds out about people doing big grow operations. Oh, so, but that's not actually true. It is. No, it absolutely is. I thought it was electric spikes, like spikes. Well, they do that too. Use. They do that too. But there's another way you can do it with tracking down the RFI. Huh? But also they don't know that. Oh, they don't. They don't know that. In this scenario. In this scenario. The person with the grow lights mm -hmm. is going to take a random neighbor's word for things. The fact that the random neighbor figured out that they have a grow light set up, yeah, I'm assuming that's probably pretty good. But only if you m make your cadence like Liam Neeson. Say, I have a special set of skills. They're ham radio skills. <laughs> and they've allowed me to triangulate a large spike of RF in your property. <laughs> those could be two things. But really, I just know what it is. You've got to grow light. <laughs> Wait, what is the other thing? I don't want to talk about it. 
You got like a generator or something. You got a touch lamp. <laughs> you got maybe your wife bought you a lamp. <laughs> but most likely, you seem. I'm not. I'm not throwing any shade, but you seem like the type. It's got a lot of halogen bulbs in a closet. And this is how you feel Liam Neeson sounds. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here. Right? <laughs> I'm Ham Neesons, okay? I'm Ham Neesons. I don't have all the confidence of the Liam variety, but we share an aunt, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy you some ballast. You won't show up on the uh, the RF there. Okay. Why would you buy I realize that my, my Neeson's is like dipping further away from a Scottish accent into something else. Something much different. But why would you buy the ballast? Why wouldn't you just send him a link to what he should buy and make it a part of his business operation? Yeah, because the ballasts are like... Because if you want your RF fixed, you're going to have to fix it yourself. Seriously. You're, you're, nobody's going to fix it for you. That includes like going to your neighbor's house and helping them out. Like they don't care. They're getting the the growy things that they're looking for. The growy things. No, the things from growing. The the uh, the the harvest that they are that they seek. Right? Wow. So, uh, how how would I how would I rate the AWRA handbook? It is ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It, it is great. And again, I'm not I'm not affiliated with the AWRL. I have been a user of the handbook for many, many years from when I got really started in HF. Like from the late 1900s? The late 1900s. Yeah. No, because there wasn't a ham in the late 1900s. But when I, when I first really got started in, in HF, uh, I, was, I, was, I got a AWR handbook and it helped immensely because, you know, it's late at night. You're not going to call an Elmer or call somebody or go on a web forum. You can. You start typing something up. You well, post you it. You wouldn't go on a web forum? Well, you're where I'm going with this. Okay. But I want the answer now. And so I'm still going to post it on the web forum. But at the same time, I can just go to the handbook. And it's going to get me most of the way there unless we're talking about, like, a very specific radio, how it functions on digital modes or something like that. Like the LDR, uh, the LNR LD5, for instance, which is a pain in the butt radio to make work. But the handbook's not necessarily going to help with specific radios. It's going to give you more theory at a top level and kind of flesh out your understanding. Plus, they're not that expensive. So if you're, if you are listening to this and you want to buy a gift for another ham, get them a handbook if they don't have one. I, I would. I would ask them like, "Hey, how old's your handbook?" And if they tell you it's like, "Oh, I got mine in uh, the late 1900s," then you can be like, "Okay, you know, I'll, I'll get you the new one. You know, <laughs> that's your Christmas gift or whatever." Or if you're a club, like if you're a ham radio club and you're you're wondering like what would be a good raffle item, get a handbook. Get 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 you know the multi-tomed volume, like the multi-book volume. I think they're really nice. Me personally, I like the single-bound Chungus that you could uh, fight off an intruder with, personally. That's a prepper item. Oh. That's a self-defense item. Put it right next to my tactical lights. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, um, I built a tactical light into this handbook. Wow. So you can just pick spine. it up and blind Blind people. smash. I call it the wow. blind smash. Oh, you're always thinking ahead. Yeah. Well, you know. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much, everybody that listens to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot. And if you haven't, drop us a line. Drop us a little bit of feedback or comment on the iTunes, or send us an email at layathamtactical.com. And until we talk to you again, 73. 73.